0: If you want that audio, I'm the one you need to know, I'm the hack, I'm the hack, I'm the hack. Hi, welcome to the unabridged episode of the Talk with Courtney. As you have heard before, I am a hack, just because the first part of the Courtney interview does not have the level of audio that i prefer but it's still a good talk and the latter parts of the episode have the sound quality that i prefer so there's that so i hope you enjoy all you psychos who like long two plus hour podcasts and make sure you check out we explain movies make sure you cyber bully kayleen and thank you so much for listening Today, I am talking to my old friend, Courtney. She is wonderful. She is a she is the most serious movie woman of all time. She has seen every movie ever made and read every book ever made. And she's, she's really smart and thoughtful, and I'm super excited to have her on the podcast. So, Courtney. Hi. How did we meet?
1: Oh, we met on your birthday. We did? Ac- in acting too, yeah. Uh, that was your birthday, wasn't it? That first uh, first uh week of school?
0: Oh shit, you're right. Yeah. And, and didn't the class sing to me? Yeah. <laughs> oh god. And, and
1: I was like, I know none of you, and so I, I tried to sing, but everyone already, um yeah, I was a transfer student, so everyone already knew each other, and I was like, please like me, and so I just remember singing happy birthday to you and i was like this one's daniel right it's not dakota
0: (laughs) we weren't great about trying to introduce ourselves to the new students in that class i remember there was about five or six of you and we unfortunately stuck with our little click from acting one
1: that's okay because yeah eventually we were forced to work together
0: (laughs) we were forced to work together courtney and i the final project in acting 2, we had we were assigned secret scenes. We didn't know who our scene partners were
1: mm-hmm.
0: until the first time we performed it. So our teacher would call up people and say, "Everyone from this scene, come up." And that's when you would see your scene partner for the first time. And Courtney and I were partners for the play Reasons to Be Pretty. And that was a it was a it was probably some of the best acting I did at the time because it's a really intense scene and it kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone but you were such a good aggressive scene partner
1: I I look back on that one so fondly I was very proud of that scene it was incredible to work with you and just uh, just that excitement of not knowing who was going to stand up at the same time as our acting professor said all right reasons to be pretty and you just kind of like Obviously, uh, I knew that was a a boy and girl scene. So I was like looking around at at which male in the class was going to stand up. And also, we all kind of were staring at what everyone was wearing that day. Because like, why would the person I was in the scene with be wearing a suit? Because there would be somebody wearing a suit. And I just love that you and I, we didn't know it was each other. We didn't know anything. And yet we both wore flannel shirts.
0: (laughs) Yes, we did. Like a couple would.
1: Yeah, like a couple would. We both had flannel on. And just just what an experience to get to all of a sudden use all this preparation you've had and all of these lines that you have inside of you and just pour them out over somebody and yeah that that whole scene the majority of it is me just going off on you and that was just so uh cathartic uh not because i've always like <laughs> had something against you but because i i just had my own things going on in my head and then to like have a target to point it all at was so freeing and then you would do such things that would catch me off guard that remind you, oh yeah, I'm in the moment, I'm acting and I need to be connecting with somebody. And I, I'll never forget that time when you just like kicked off your shoes and that wasn't in the script, was it?
0: No, it was it was something that I just started doing because we reached a certain point with the scene. We weren't really allowed to rehearse. We were supposed to work on it as much as possible on our own and yeah. then bring, bring it forward at some point. And at that point in time, I didn't really know my method of acting. So it was sort of just stumbling through the scene from one moment to the next. And in that particular performance, I decided, uh, I'm just going to kick off my shoes (laughs) because she's she's just a crazy woman. And you got so upset
1: how could you not? I was in the middle of, of like pouring my heart out and expressing what had made me so upset. And then all of a sudden you're kicking off your new balance of sneakers <laughs> and like the audience lost it. And like, it, it made me feel like an actor, you know, cause neither of us broke during the scene. Instead, we just were working with what the other person was giving us. And that's that was just something that, you know, you work all semester towards and it, it really paid off as a final result. And I'm still incredibly proud of that scene and just the work that we got to do together.
0: So am I and I would I would love to do it again at some point.
1: Oh, for sure. The whole show.
0: <laughs> oh, God. I'm not a big now I'm not the biggest Labute fan. Oh, but same, Sadly, <laughs> because of that scene that he will always have just a very important place in my heart.
1: Absolutely, and and reasons to be pretty for sure. But then you, you know, the more Labute you read, unfortunately, the more all men is the same.
0: They are all the same. Oh, I, a new a Labute play is coming out. Who's gonna be arguing in it?
1: I hope that man doesn't make bad choices.
0: Oh, he did. Sad.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I also remember remember during one of the run-throughs of the scene, you were, like you said, you're pouring your heart out to me. And then I start laughing, just really dismissively. Oh, yeah. I start going like, are are, are you done?
1: I said something crazy. Didn't I, like, threaten to kill your fish and stuff?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: It was probably something <laughs> like that, you know, which, which was written to be like, it's a hysterical woman. She's going to kill this guy's fish. But that is funny, so can see why you would laugh at me. It was probably something like at that moment.
0: And then after after reason to be pretty, I have I have a list of just some court my favorite Courtney stories. The list would have been very long, but I'm going to try to keep it as as brief as possible. After that scene, we we got really close as friends. It was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, we we finally talked to each other. The ice is broken. We can be friends now." And we went to a a showcase of some sort, and I was with Kayleen, and Kayleen and I were planning to watch the movie Up in the Air with George Clooney. Oh my god! <laughs> and you were there too, and we were like, "Hey, you know, Courtney seems really cool. We should invite her to it." And this co- Kayleen kind of filled in my sentences because I was like, "Wait, Courtney?" And then Kayleen looked at me. We should invite her, and I and I said we should, and so we did. And then you came over. And there's a part where Anna Kendrick- I know exactly what you're
1: going to (laughs) say.
0: Yeah. Anna Kendrick is is just sobbing in the movie. And my roommate is laughing. My roommate, Becca, is laughing at her. And you turn to her and say, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, shit.
1: (laughs) Okay, but I didn't say it in the, like, I'm not a mean person. (laughs) Instead, I was, like, being really affected by it, and Becca was laughing, and I said it to be facetious and funny, and I yelled, like, really loudly. I was like, shut up! She's going through something!
0: And I I didn't take it to be, to, I wasn't offended by it. I was, I was, I agreed with you, because I was like, hey, come on, she's really upset in this (laughs) scene, and you're, you're being mean about it. I also
1: probably had been, like, crying a lot recently or something at that time, so I saw myself in Anna Kendrick's character. What's her name in that movie?
0: Oh, God. Um, I feel like it's Anna.
1: <laughs> it's probably not.
0: I think it may be. Or Joe, Joanna. It's probably Anna's in the name somewhere.
1: It's probably not. I could Google it, but that's okay. Uh, but yeah, she's dating somebody, like, named Brian, and everything's going terrible for her, and yeah, I really like that movie. And I really like Becca, and I think she's forgiven me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No she 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 still talks about it to this day.
1: That's not true. She let me move into her room like a couple months later
0: <laughs> the, which which brings me to the next part of the story is summer of 2014 you moved into my apartment.
1: It was amazing.
0: It was it was so much fun. You had gone on a Peru trip and I don't remember how much thought we had put into it. It was just like, hey, Courtney, do you need somewhere to live?
1: Mm-hmm. It was very Maybe rural. even
0: less to that. And you're like, yeah, before I go on this trip to Peru with our acting class, can I drop all this stuff off and my truck? I was like, yeah, let's do it. Then you got back, then you moved in. And then three months went by and we had a lot of fun. We did. The the parts I want to point out, the, the legendary parts, mm-hmm. are these weird Facebook fights that we would get into. One of them being a a photo fight. I think I had just gotten a Mac computer. So I was having way too much fun with photo Booth
1: nice
0: I was just like I'm gonna take a picture of myself and send it to Courtney and then post a snarky comment on it and then 70 comments later we had sufficiently made fun of one another doing certain things my favorite ones being you making fun of me for going to see Fault in Our Stars (laughs) you're essentially wearing a trench coat and you're wearing a hat and you're hiding your face and you're putting the money forward and you're saying what for Fault in Our Stars please
1: wearing like a fedora i don't know how i had all these like we had such elaborate props and costumes to dress up as one another but they were all on the fly so i remember at one point you're pretending to like smoke a cigarette but you're using a giant paper towel roll
0: it got super gorilla i, I was it
1: like, got so gorilla
0: you were way better prepared because you're right you had a fedora why did you even have a fedora i don't you know never wore I, fedoras? I,
1: don't, I don't think i even own a fedora so i'm wondering where i had it uh maybe yeah, it was for like a a class or something. I don't know where that fedora has gone to, but yeah, the the degree of like improvisation it got to, you know, eventually I was trying to like wear a tie to do an impression of you wearing a suit and it's just a belt like haphazardly like wrapped around my neck.
0: <laughs> and then you also you were like, "Oh, I'm Daniel. I go to the gym. I listen to podcasts. I only drink protein shakes." And you're you're on the floor in push-up position.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Also, I I definitely was making fun of the podcasting aspect because you were the only person I knew who listened to podcasts, and I didn't even start listening to podcasts until probably the end of that year, if not 2015. I had never heard a podcast before.
0: That's fucking nuts, considering the climate we're in now.
1: For real, like, (laughs) between the two of us, we each have one now, but at the time... (laughs) I was like, I have no idea what this is. I don't know what he's talking about. WTF with Mark Marin, who?
0: And at that time I had an iPod Classic and I would put all the podcasts I wanted to listen to onto the iPod Classic. So I'd have to sync it every time and it's a lot more work than it is now. Now it's just open the podcast app, download yeah. anything that I want. The second good part of us living together was this movie pun battle that we got into that also it went on for 69 comments. And it has such gems as, what's the movie where Matthew McConaughey has trouble eating his midday meals? Oh yeah, failure to lunch. (laughs) And then you responded, right, it's the sequel to that other movie of his, the one where he gets his leg stuck under a boulder and has to cut it off. What's that one called? Oh yeah, how to lose a thigh in 10 days.
1: (laughs) I have no memory of
0: that. I I have one more of one of my favorites, which is sort of, I didn't even realize that it's relevant but stop it we were so young then it was even better when you and i did that scene from the play about the actor who plays walter junior on breaking bad reasons to be mitty you are so good
1: <laughs> i don't even understand that one cuz i don't i wrote that or you wrote that
0: i wrote that one because okay. the the actor who plays walter junior his his last is rj mitty that's his name
1: okay i'm sorry i didn't watch breaking bad so i'm like how did i come up with a pun for a show i never saw <laughs> Okay, yeah, you came up with that one.
0: (laughs) To which your reply was, that's only because of my incredible scene partner, though. You're right about being young back then. You grew up so much about portraying a sad pajama-wearing man who kind of resembled your roommate and the villain from The Dark Knight Rises, but not quite all the way in almost Bane.
1: Aww.
0: Which is, it's a pun on so many levels.
1: That really is. And it combines, like, the two shows we actually got to quote being together because you know we were in a scene together and then we were in almost Maine together but not in a scene together sadly
0: we we were not scene partners unfortunately
1: no if we were to do that one what show or what scene would you want to do with me in almost Maine?
0: Ooh, i think the one that you were already in but with me instead
1: that'd be really fun i would like to do that one that um gosh what is that one even called the one where you see the heart at the end the the one with the the bags of love, that's just reasons to be pretty part two.
0: <laughs> is that yeah, is that where the guy has, has made a piece of art and he's like, here it is with my heart.
1: Yeah, that one.
0: I'm also a little bit more cynical, so almost Maine doesn't doesn't oh, do it for me in the same <laughs> way as he say. used to.
1: Doesn't do it for me at all. Because I was I was in it again after we did it that one time. And that time I got to play a lot more parts, which was fun. But by the end of it, I was like, I'm done with this now.
0: I'm ready to move on.
1: Thank you, John Cariani. Good night.
0: Courtney has also tased me. Which oh, was yeah. <laughs> a lot of fun.
1: Okay. I did tase you with permission. However, I do feel like I really owe malcolm an apology because i taste him kind of without permission
0: it had to happen though we were all doing you were you were giving everyone the chance to do it and then you did it to him and then his reaction was hilarious i have it on video
1: yes and i think he was like do it again so that's fine
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) the final point i want to bring up is because we are such big fans of movies and content in general we have seen a lot of movies in theaters Mostly, we watched a lot of Netflix the summer we lived together. But mm-hmm. that was something that you and I did a lot. And i I was counting up all of my ticket stubs, and I think you and I saw fourteen movies. With holy smokes, three maybes that I wasn't sure about, but I'm I'm pretty sure fourteen for sure.
1: I quoted it at seven. I thought it was seven. Okay, read them off to me.
0: Ex Machina. Hell yeah. Gone Girl.
1: Yes. Fury. Obviously. We saw Fury together?
0: Yeah, and Kimmy was there too.
1: Okay, because Kimmy loves that movie, and every time she brings it up, I go, ah, (laughs) Fury. It's
0: it's not a great movie.
1: No, I just watched that like uh, two weeks ago too, and I was like, ugh, sorry. If you like Fury, that's great. (laughs) I just, it wasn't my cup of tea.
0: What did Kimmy say in the podcast? If you're a fan of the movie you'll you'll be a fan of the movie
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh for la la land yes yeah she said um i love la la land and if you don't like la la land i guess it's because you don't like la la land and i laughed for (laughs) about 10 minutes at that yeah which we'll get to because that's on this list
0: (laughs) yes it is la la land we watched la la land we also saw whiskey tango foxtrot
1: we did oh nice okay
0: i would i probably wouldn't have seen that movie if it weren't for you and it was good it was decent
1: i think i know now i think there was like some post on your facebook page eventually where i just sent you the words margot robbie and you were like our queen <laughs> so <laughs> that must have been after that
0: afterwards we have pop star never stop stopping
1: oh my gosh that one of the best cinematic experiences ever
0: <laughs> it's oh my god where did these killer bees come from get my <laughs> flamethrower <laughs> Then we saw Moonlight, which yes. is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I'm glad I got to see that with you.
1: I'm really glad I got to be there for your your Moonlight experience. You love that movie.
0: I love it so much.
1: Yeah, I do too. I think it's brilliant and beautiful, but I just, I really, you fell in love with that movie.
0: I did. It It's one of my favorites, and I hope to talk about it on this podcast at some point.
1: Oh, you absolutely should.
0: Uh, La La Land, like we said. Yeah. I- I, at the time, I didn't know that Courtney's hate would be swelling.
1: <laughs> I don't hate it. I really don't. I, no, I super enjoyed it when we saw it. And I even like put it as like probably my number two of movies to come out that year. Um, I was like, it was so good. Loved it. And then the more it was in my life and the more it just kept popping up, I was like swatting it away like a fly. And I was like, stop it. Leave me alone. Um, and now I'm not the biggest fan of it. But those costumes rock. The music's fine. I don't crave listening to it. I did really much enjoy the number of times you would, did you leave me like voice memos of it or something? Or you would like try to annoy me and you would be like bum 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 ba dum bum
0: bum. Probably. That sounds like something I would do.
1: Yeah, but I do love like you sent me a video of you playing um, City of Stars on the piano and that was beautiful. I think you did that when you were uh, babysitting Kiki because you brought a piano, didn't you?
0: I did. I brought a keyboard.
1: Yeah, you brought the keyboard to when you were house-sitting for me, and so I got I got that, along with some other gems.
0: We saw How to Train Your Dragon 2. Are you kidding? No, I'm not. We saw it in 3D. Why? Sure.
1: Why did we do that?
0: I think <laughs> we liked the first one.
1: Okay. Yeah, I believe you.
0: You're not, not a fan of the How to Train Your Dragon?
1: No, I'm, 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 it's fine. <laughs> I liked the second one. I just have no memory of it. I even like thought that I watched it while babysitting children or something. So I believe you that we saw that together. <laughs>
0: we did. Trust me. Cause I, I definitely would have seen it, would not have seen it by myself.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: We saw Interstellar opening night.
1: Totally remember that. Absolutely. Yes.
0: Cause I, I turned to you and said something horribly offensive and you got mad.
1: I overreacted though two. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) what a strange thing to have happen the second like a really good movie ends
0: (laughs) (laughs) and and now we remember it
1: (laughs) we do i'm sorry that that's like burned into your brain as well
0: oh no i i'm sorry that i said the thing i said i I should not have said
1: it you didn't deserve such a visceral reaction
0: (laughs) yes i did but that's beyond the point we saw okay so i have mad max on the list because you were working at the movie theater and I mm-hmm. didn't know you were going to be doing tickets that day. And so you came into the theater for 20 minutes, I think, yes.
1: <laughs> and watched
0: it. And then you left.
1: Nice. Which, I which makes
0: me really nervous as a person. Cause I'm like, she, she doesn't know what's going to happen. How could she just do that?
1: Well, it's because I worked at the movie theater. So I knew like, in about four hours, I could go see the whole thing.
0: Makes me nervous, Courtney.
1: I'm sorry. Yeah, I I can be more frivolous with movies than others. Like, I heard you saying to Kayleen that you would get nervous every time I would get up to go to the restroom during a movie.
0: Yes, I would!
1: I live my life knowing that I'll see things a second time. I True. don't know why, I just, I see things too much. And so I just, am like, I'll be back for this.
0: <laughs> when Force Awakens came out, my dad was super excited. And he got up to go to the bathroom during it, which oh, no. isn't that big a deal, I guess. But it's like, you're so excited about this movie, you can't hold it. You you really can't? <laughs> Anyways, you can you can tell that I'm, I'm very bothered by it.
1: <laughs> yes, there are certain things where I, I know that I could hold it. Like, I, I held out for all of the most recent Star Wars and infinity war saga and game type movies I, I held out for those ones
0: which is not easy to hold it during
1: yeah otherwise i'll leave like i left during it chapter two because i was like i'm gonna see it again it's fine
0: <laughs> but you missed stephen king
1: and i missed the two seconds of stephen king time that's yeah go listen to kayleen's episode of super serious movie men to hear that story
0: next up we have hardcore henry
1: Oh, yes, yes, yes. I should have See, you're saying such good ones that I should have remembered. I remember that very well.
0: We were excited about it, and we saw it in a full theater of people. I think we were both kind of disappointed by it, but I've sort of grown to like it more.
1: I was going to ask if you've seen it again.
0: My brother got it for me. Nice. And it's, it's such a good movie to put on and turn your brain off. Okay. It's It's not high art, but it's entertaining, and sometimes that's good enough.
1: Yeah, it's original. You can't fault them for that. That's super cool.
0: Next up, we have a movie I really did not enjoy and still do not enjoy, The Martian.
1: Oh, we did see that together because... Did you read the book?
0: I have read the book now.
1: Okay. I remember, like, talking about the... I think you and I have talked about the book and stuff. Uh, this is a sidetrack, but I'm I'm forever mad that, like, you had moved away by the time the Ready Player One movie came out because that would have been fun to see together.
0: That would have been fun to see I have a lot of thoughts about that movie.
1: Same, but yeah, The and Martian and the book. Jeez, The Martian, I, I was not too happy with the movie. I, I mean, it got a lot of acclaim and people really enjoyed it. But yeah, it didn't do it for me the way that the book did or just the way that other space movies do.
0: I agree with all those points. It just, it's a movie. It It's competently made, but it happens so fast. You don't learn anything about the characters. It should just be called Plot the Movie. That's, <laughs> that's all it is or
1: characters quote or colon there's a lot of them
0: yes everyone is in that movie uh you got us in to see that for free
1: oh did i i worked there then
0: you didn't but you one of your friends is like no courtney you don't pay here
1: noice yeah
0: (laughs) fantastic beasts and where to find them we saw the first one
1: you're saying a whole bunch of things that i'm like kicking myself now for i should have just easily known that one because you even made a facebook status about it when we watched it
0: i did i made a pun
1: You made a pun. Was it like a Dwight Schrute pun? Yes.
0: Fantastic Yeah. (laughs) Love it. But Courtney, you see so many movies. It's it's hard to keep track.
1: It is. And I also see so many by myself. So I do feel bad when I'm like, was there a human next to me? Like I felt really bad because I was telling Kayleen about how bad Baywatch was. And she was like, I was sitting right next to you and we saw it. And I was like, no, you weren't. (laughs) And she definitely was.
0: I've literally done the same thing with the movie prometheus i asked my friend if he had seen it and he he blank stares me and says i was sitting next to you when we saw it in theaters <laughs> okay it's all yeah
1: i've had to say that to kimmy where i was like you were next to me when we watched zodiac and she was like no i wasn't
0: <laughs> yeah i heard that recently she's like what no
1: that is the great mandela complex of or mandela effect of our friendship is that she insists she wasn't there when we watched zodiac but she was
0: <laughs> are you sure you're not just gaslighting her?
1: I'm not gaslighting her. Apparently, I've been gaslighting you by telling you we only saw seven movies together.
0: But I had, I have the receipts.
1: Yeah, where are all your ticket stubs stored? Do you have like a nice book?
0: I organized them, so I had just a tray where I, had, I had been just throwing them in. Yeah. I opened one of my photo albums recently and my mom my mom put the photo album together really well and she had put the the ticket stubs with each chron chronologically okay.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah,
0: it was super cool.
1: Deborah, that's amazing.
0: Because Kayleen and I were, I told Kayleen I saw way, way back in theaters and I was looking for my stub and the ticket stub was in, in the photo album.
1: Wow, I really miss stubs as well. That's what AMC calls it now. It's called AMC Stubs and yet they give you no stubs.
0: They don't give you anything?
1: You don't get anything. It's all scanned on your phone. And that was like MoviePass. I would still get to scan the card and then get a ticket printed out. But AMC Stubs... I mean, it's, it's like all my movies are logged, but I love collecting stubs. Mine are just in a big jar, but I really enjoyed that.
0: As I was going through my own stubs, I was getting mad at the times where Grossmont would only have the snack bar open, so the ticket stub would just be on a receipt and not an actual card stock.
1: Yeah, I didn't like that about Hillcrest. Hillcrest would you know, there's just like a tiny little piece of paper and it faded really fast. Yeah. Give me the stubs.
0: Luckily... The main theater chain up here, you get a physical ticket afterwards, nice. which is awesome. On to what we saw for my 21st birthday train wreck.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: We got shit faced. Well, I got shit-faced.
1: You got more than I did. Um, I have this hilarious video of you. Do you remember when we were waiting for the lift ride to come pick us up afterwards? And you're doing basically like a cirque du soleil acrobatic stunt where you put your arms on like a stop sign. And you did like a sideways handstand. Do you have any memory of doing that? I do.
0: I do remember doing that. I think it's called flag pulling where you flag make pulling. a flag. Yeah. Okay.
1: So drunk Daniel is actually like you maintain all your upper body strength and you're, you're very coordinated.
0: Not anymore.
1: <laughs> Not anymore.
0: <laughs> it's all gone.
1: Yeah. Drunk Courtney could like shakily operate a camera to film you doing that.
0: Well, that, that, that video is great because it has your, your laughing commentary. Over it does.
1: Of course it does. I can't, I giggle at all my friends. Y'all are just too funny.
0: You're the best audience. (laughs) The next movie, and I think it's your favorite one, is Shape of Water.
1: Rude. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's the, is that the last thing we've seen together?
0: I think it was.
1: Oh, sad.
0: What a doozy.
1: What a doozy. Uh, However, super cool that you took me to that tower theater from Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. that's where we saw it and that thing is huge it was like an opera house
0: it's a nice theater
1: yeah but it was it's so tall it goes all the way up like we're, i felt like i was sitting in a balcony
0: the auditorium that we saw shape of water and that was the one i saw lady bird in
1: that's super cool that you got to do that
0: yeah i'm i'm grateful for that i have three movies that i wasn't sure about oh sure you could probably clear this up We didn't see A Million Ways to Die in the West together, did we? I don't think we did.
1: Did that exist when I lived there? Because when did that come out?
0: Oh, you know what? Now that you say that, I think it came out in 2013.
1: Then no, we wouldn't have. If it came out in 2014, I would believe you.
0: (laughs) Which brings me to the second Planet of the Apes movie. I don't remember seeing it with you, but I remember we had a lot of jokes about apes that summer.
1: No, I totally I totally saw that with you because you welcomed me into uh, whatever watch party you had going for the first one because I'd never seen it, the James Franco one. Yeah. I'd never seen that, so then I watched at your house with you and then afterwards was really excited to see the next one, so I did see that next one with you.
0: But I think that's when we lived together, wasn't it?
1: Was it that came out that summer?
0: I think it did.
1: Then I, yeah, I I do recall seeing that with you though, and Xavier, right? Yes. Yeah, I I went and saw that with you guys, and I was like, "Look at me included in the ape fest." (laughs) Ape. Ape. We are like ape.
0: (laughs) Our jokes are just so dumb.
1: Yeah, but that's that's their charm.
0: They're special. Uh, And the last one I wasn't sure about is Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: No, because I didn't live there when that came out.
0: But it came out in... Wait, what? Are you sure? Didn't
1: that come out in 2012?
0: No, 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 no. It came out in 2014. Huh. We may have. Yeah, it came out August 1st. Of
1: 2014. Why did I think that came out sooner? I sound like a bad Marvel fan. We might have seen that together then, but... No, I saw that with my dad. That's why I'm thinking it wasn't, because I saw that in my hometown theater, and that was probably because I was home for, like, a, a weekend in summer or something. hmm Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, because...
1: I went to summer camp every summer.
0: Yeah, and I feel like you came back, and I wasn't home, and I hadn't left a note or told you that I was yeah. going to NorCal.
1: <laughs> you went to NorCal, too?
0: I think so.
1: Probably. Yeah, I loved that we had that little that little whiteboard where it's it was like the person's name and you would put a magnet over what thing they were doing so I would know where you were. That was helpful.
0: <laughs> it was like the Weasley's clock.
1: I was just going to say that. You beat me to it by one second. <laughs> it was like chica the Weasley's chica. clock. Yeah, so I was, I was home for Guardians of the Galaxy. That's why I thought it came out before I moved to San Diego. But I will say, if you want to tack a million ways to die in the West onto your list, I believe we would have seen that together because it came out the summer I was living with you. I looked it up. Did it? Yeah.
0: I just, I, I don't remember. I have no memory.
1: Really? Because that's such a good movie. Like, it won six Oscars. It...
0: Wait, 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 <laughs>
1: what? <laughs> it was an ode to classic Hollywood. It had Tarantino shaking.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was like, here, oh my God, there's a new Western guy in town.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? No one told me you could make Westerns. That's that's what inspired Tarantino, to make Westerns.
0: Yep. And now that's all he's ever going to make.
1: Yeah. We owe Charlene so much. Oh, wait. Did we see Atomic Blonde together? No. Never mind. No. You didn't here that? Okay.
0: You saw that with your dad. I did. I did. My memory is opening up. You saw the third planet of the apes when you were on your Europe trip.
1: I fell asleep during it.
0: (laughs) It's not good. It's quite bad, actually. It's
1: It's not good, but also I had landed after, like, country hopping all over. I was only in... London for a short amount of time and I landed at I think like four in the morning and my hotel wouldn't let me stay there but they thankfully took my bags and so then I just had to sit in a cafe until more businesses started opening up and then at 10 a.m there was a showing of whatever Woody Harrelson Planet of the Apes what's it called?
0: War for the Planet of the Apes. War
1: for the Planet of the Apes and uh I don't know if when you were in London did they did you go see movies? And were the movie trailers forty-five minutes long?
0: No, I, n- I never saw a movie when I was there.
1: It was a solid forty-five minutes of movie trailers, and I was so confused. And at at some point, I thought a movie would never start, and then I fell asleep.
0: <laughs> and you also saw a trailer for the movie you were seeing, too, if I remember correctly.
1: They played the trailer for the movie, and like in the middle of all the other trailers, too. I was I was so I was so confused. <laughs>
0: Moving on to Courtney's podcast, Courtney is the third and final host of We Explain Movies, which we have talked with Kimmy and Kayleen at Depth. And they both gave us some background about the podcast about Fifty Shades Free, Freed Mm -hmm. at Starbucks, and explaining Hereditary to Kayleen. So, Courtney, what's your side of the story?
1: Uh, my side is very similar to those two ladies, however um, I think it's funny that you're getting all, all three iterations of the podcast, if you will, because I have one more super secret story that nobody else knows about of how our podcast came to be.
0: Ooh. I got the scoop.
1: You got the scoop. It began as um, a discussion of Hereditary, where Kayleen just kept saying, no, tell me what happens, and I was so hesitant to spoil it for her. But in the end, that's just not a movie that Kayleen would be a fan of or would be able to handle emotionally. So we decided to let it go. For Fifty Shades Freed, I I don't need to know what happens. (laughs) So I was okay with them spoiling that for me. And then we started playing around with the idea of let's make a YouTube channel. Like we had so much fun talking about these two movies several months apart What a fun time that was. I think we could have something really going here where we just spoil the whole plot of the movie by explaining it to someone who hasn't seen it. And so we decided it was going to be a YouTube channel. And there is actually a lost episode filmed on my camera of the three of us in the living room with Kayleen and I explaining to Kimmy, sorry to bother you. (laughs) Which, if you've seen, is just the most insane movie. And it's impossible to explain. It's impossible to even attempt... Why there are horses? Why Tessa Thompson has those earrings on? What just what is happening with Army Hammer's weird mansion? It was it was a time.
0: No, Courtney, it's a super deep movie, <laughs> and you just don't get it.
1: It is Black Mirror, but like if Black Mirror, I don't know, drank a Monster Energy drink or something, and then turned into a horse.
0: Yeah, I think that's an apt description.
1: Yeah, and so my camera kept cutting out every like ten minutes because I was using the wrong kind of memory card and also because we were super tipsy. And I think at one point we thought we recorded for a solid 30 minutes and then we turned it on and it was actually one second of recording and then nothing, and so we gave up.
0: <laughs> that must have been crushing.
1: <laughs> no, it wasn't. It that that needed to that footage should not see the light of day ever, and it never will, which is good. Um and also just would have been a really tough thing for three white women to try tackling in their first ever episode of like YouTube film criticism i think that that would have just we would have gotten so many thumbs downs instantly um and it just would have been really hard and so we then planned to record an episode of fargo and really planned in advance like all right friday look good show up, you're going to be on camera, have some notes on Fargo. And as soon as those two showed up to, uh, or well, Kimmy and I live together. As soon as Kayleen showed up, all of us were like, I don't want to make a video. And so we said podcast and the rest is history. And it went really well.
0: And these sorts of things make so much more sense as podcasts. If it's just three people talking, whether it's an interview or a discussion, you don't need visuals unless you, exactly. it's helpful to bring in examples but if you want something easily consumable, it's better option.
1: Exactly. It's just conversation. Um, it's palatable. You can take in all this information this way. And really, if we're sitting there describing a movie to you, that does not really lend itself to the visual medium. Like, you shouldn't be sitting there describing it and talking. It should be something you listen to, I think. Um, so podcasts really work well for us.
0: Was making a podcast something that you ever thought you would be doing? No. <laughs> Um,
1: just because I, I, I got in kind of late to the podcasting game of what I like to listen to. I would say the thing that like did it for me and my first big listen was Serial. And then from there, you know, I listened to things like how stuff works and my favorite murder and other things where it was, it seemed like stuff that other people in a more specific profession were doing. I, I didn't really listen to like amateur podcasts and I'm nothing if not an amateur. So I didn't really know it was possible. And now uh, I feel like I found this whole community of actual amateur podcasters and people who just want to make content with their friends and people who want to educate and talk about what they're passionate about. And since then, I'm like toying with the idea of starting just like a whole bunch of solo podcasts. I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's start a book podcast that no one will listen to. Why not?
0: No, it's, it's a lot of fun and really creatively fulfilling.
1: It really is. And it's it's easy to churn out content. You know it's very time consuming in that aspect, but Yeah, it is. It it brings you joy to like have a final product and the final product is something you can go back and listen to or recommend to people and share with them. Because most art is time consuming, but I'm not skilled at other art.
0: (laughs) Which is extremely false, but well Courtney is being modest.
1: Yeah, it's just something that this is more shareable. Like, you know, I can't film myself doing a monologue. I suppose I could, and then be like Watch this. That just seems like I'm infringing upon people's time and eyeballs. (laughs) I shouldn't Mm -hmm. do stuff like that.
0: What's your favorite part about making the podcast?
1: I would say getting to discuss things we normally, as friends, just don't talk about because it is a very personal podcast for us where we just open up about a lot of stuff or share a lot of favorites in our lives. And so I get to find out all these amazing things about like Kayleen and Kimmy from their childhoods, I would say, where, you know, some days we'll come across a question where it's like, what's a movie that you've seen so many times that you can quote every line from? And I had no idea that Kayleen basically memorized Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. (laughs) And um, just like telling me these fun, awesome backstories about that. Or I talked to Kimmy and Kimmy's like seen a lot of things that I just wouldn't have expected her to see. Or I just realized what her taste is. She's got a very eclectic taste for um like period films and stuff and i'm not a period film person so that's really nice to hear her like want to talk about them or to want to explain them to us um so i just i've learned so much about my friends and it's a great conversation starter for us to just hang out because a lot of the time i would say a third of the podcast is what we actually I'm sorry, that's the wrong math. What we actually talk about ends up getting cut down to either a third or half. And so there's a lot of time in there where it's just friends hanging out and having a nice conversation and just telling each other things. And it's really nice.
0: And it's really interesting to be a fly on the wall for those sorts of discussions. I mean, it's one of the great things about podcasts where you you feel like you're part of the conversation. But you're also, I, you guys always make me think about movies in a way I hadn't thought about. And so it's a great, especially to hear it from your friends, it's a great way to supplement your knowledge.
1: Oh, exactly. Yeah. Like I get opened up to so many more ideas or perspectives or just opinions on things uh, because we do like to rate the movies in the end and see what really affects people and something like, (laughs) like I was known for a while on our podcast for being the harshest with my ratings. I just, you know, probably because of you, honestly, and how you and I would talk about movies on a scale of one to 10 from... IMDb ranking and mm-hmm. you really made me rethink like okay five does mean good <laughs> um, and that was because you say that five is a lot don't you
0: so for me a five is watchable okay it's it's not the best thing but it's watchable it's it's more actively good than it is bad when it start when it gets into four territory there's more bad elements than good
1: Okay. Yeah. I would say that that's like for me with a six and then a five means like I'll rewatch it, especially like if I'm not, I'm not going to give it a five unless someday I see myself rewatching it again. And so sometimes, you know, when it's explained to you, it says if you have watched it. And so a five would mean like, yeah, and I'm excited to go out and find this. And something that I know you have seen thanks to Letterboxd, um, it was just funny when you get to know your friend's opinions on stuff and you, you hear this whole saga explained to you. And like Kayleen explained all of the plot of the, Matthew McConaughey, Anne Hathaway, Serenity film.
0: Oh, (laughs) fucking awful movie.
1: Exactly. Her and Kimmy gave it like a two, and I gave it a five and a half. But that was just from the explanation, because I hadn't actually seen the film yet. But, you know, Kayleen's explaining it, and she's really really describing this father-son relationship. And I kind of started to almost cry on the podcast, because it sounded so beautiful, and it's, it's not... It's not at all.
0: It's a movie that sucks the life out of you is what it is.
1: Oh, it was a terrible movie. And then I watched it and I was like, all right. So that was that was all Kayleen just pulling at my heartstrings. That's me like feeling for uh, a story described by my friend, but it's not the actual movie. And so it's just fun to, to then afterwards, we got to discuss that of, Courtney, why'd you rate that so high?
0: Because you explained it so well.
1: Exactly, because it sounded like a fun time. And yeah, there's been very few if any movies where it's been explained to me and then after I've watched it and I got mad and I like actually really didn't like it so that's nice.
0: What's your role in making the podcast?
1: I am the first round or master editor. I take all of the raw footage and I condense it into an hour and a half to two hour episode and then once it's Like I don't send it to Kayleen unless it's under two hours. There's been a few exceptions where we've had guest stars on the podcast. And so we just can't help when we do our opening and what did you watch this week? And, what are your answers to these questions? Sometimes it's been like two hours and 15.
0: It's just in- impossible to keep it short. Because it's just so
1: impossible. Much- or we, we just find ourselves so funny and we're so indulgent in that. <laughs> I'll pass it along to her when it's under two hours and then she goes through just to see if, if we're talking about a silly comedy. Like maybe people aren't down to listen to a whole two hours about that. So we do want to make it more digestible to listeners. And so she'll go through and say, this part actually we don't need it. Or she'll more importantly, cut out all the like spoiler timestamps so i know how to say hey if you have not seen war of the worlds don't listen to this 30 seconds press that skip button real fast because we don't want to spoil every movie in the world and yet we do and then other than that i i post on our instagram at we explain movies i just post a lot of fun silly things and try to like i'm more active on that page than i am on my personal one now just because it's it's so much fun
0: what's the most difficult thing about doing your podcast or maybe not the most difficult, but something that isn't your favorite part, necessarily.
1: <laughs> I would say now is is just... If we're still doing the podcast right now during quarantine. So this is kind of a cop-out answer because I love the podcast so much. It's just right now, it's, it's really making me sad that I don't get to actually sit with my friends and we don't actually get to um, be together in person for it while social distancing 800 miles apart. 500 yeah. miles apart? 500 miles apart. Kimmy's not that far. Um, so that's been really difficult just in, in managing how to like, you've got this nailed down with virtual or long distance recording. We need to come up with something smarter like this. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm pretty good at it.
1: Yeah. No, this is a really nifty website. We just also all like to see each other. So that's why we had a tough time using Zencaster. Well,
0: and you, you guys have, are better at podcasting in person. It's just, it's because I'm, I do it this way. It's a skill that I don't have.
1: Oh, true, yeah, like you, you're good at this. I'm sure you <laughs> you have this people, person, skills in person, though.
0: Yeah, I think, I think I've think i definitely found out my format more now. Like, it's way more interesting to be talking to you than it is working on an audio essay.
1: I really do applaud you for those ones. I feel silly for not noticing this sooner, but I feel like are, your solo episodes, you put music to those, right? I do. You kind of add something to it. It just now occurred to me that you do that.
0: I try to. It's, uh... They're not my favorite thing, which is why I haven't continued the Christopher Nolan thing that I was I had started.
1: Yeah, but you should.
0: I don't know. I'll. I like talking. It's more fun to talk to people and talk to my friends, of course. Good. You're
1: you're you're never gonna run out of uh, people to have on here. You're a very popular guy, and you're a super good listener. So who wouldn't want to come on this podcast?
0: Oh, thank you for saying that.
1: You're welcome.
0: What's an episode of your podcast that you're really proud of?
1: Hmm. I really like... I'm going to scroll through. You're going to have to cut some dead space here.
0: Oh, no worries. <laughs> if any, if I'm good at anything, it's trimming stuff down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Just because, you know, like off the top of our heads, there's ones that we find really funny. Like the Serenity one actually is hysterical to me. I really like that one. But maybe for ones that... I cuz cuz we each get our own week sort of a thing so like I'm really proud of my um Mulholland Drive episode. I'd never seen Mulholland Drive and I decided to explain that and David Lynch stuff is nothing if not a lot. <laughs> so to uh to get my notes on that, to plan out my research and discuss it with everybody and I was really proud of the questions that I came up with for the week cuz essentially how our podcast works is we say what did you watch this week? And then we have questions related to the movie. So if you do something like, I don't know. We did the movie Horse Sense. It was what's your favorite Disney Channel original movie? And so for Mulholland Drive, I came up with the question: If you could uh, be a film professor, what films would you put on your syllabus? And so oh, that's I, a
0: great question, right?
1: Isn't that fun? And I would definitely put Mulholland Drive on mine
0: mm-hmm.
1: to put you in the hot seat. Do you have an answer for that? If you could think of some, and we we said like five or six or something.
0: No, that's that's the thing about me. I need to. I need like. 20 minutes at minimum <laughs> to think about stuff but that's a great question because as someone who was in a lot of film classes and like them a lot i think i could make a good curriculum
1: i think you could uh unrelated to the podcast send me that list when you've got it i want to know what you would put on yours
0: okay i will do that Ooh, yeah. I, oh okay okay i would my class would be about sci-fi nice that's what my, i don't know what movies would be on it but that's what the class would be
1: that's funny, because I think all all three of us put something on there like that. Like, Kimmy had Ex Machina, I'm pretty sure. I had, um I said all Denis Villeneuve movies, including Arrival. And then Kayleen had Blade Runner 2049. And I think The Matrix. So th- We had a lot of sci-fi going.
0: Shout out to Denis Villeneuve.
1: Shout out. Shout out, man.
0: And then shout out to Kayleen. You should post more on Letterboxd and feel bad that you don't.
1: I'm I'm gonna start cyberbullying her as you recommended last time. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that.
0: Oh, fantastic. So that's We Explain Movies. It is available on all of the relevant podcasting platforms like Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and you should listen to it. It's really funny and really thought provoking. These ladies are very smart. Thank you. So Courtney, you have no idea what we're gonna talk about.
1: I have no idea and I, I think that's a fun surprise. However, my heart rate has gone up significantly in the past 10 seconds. And also, um, I debated texting you around, because we started recording at, what, 1? Yeah. At 12.45, I was going to text you and be like, all right, what do I have 15 minutes to research heavily and prepare entirely for? And then you ended up calling me 15 minutes early, so I had no time.
0: I did it to... To just kneecap you, to prevent you from doing that.
1: Yeah, now I can't run away either. I'm stuck. And I'm super excited. I I trust what you've come up with. However, if you say something like, we're going to go through Hitchcock's oeuvre and discuss it, I'm going to be mad.
0: (laughs) If I were to make you guess what it is, what would you say?
1: Well, I already guessed uh, about talking about like a Fincher fest, and you said no. Or did I guess Denis?
0: You said one of the two.
1: Okay. And you said no to that, so... I have two more guesses if it's not one of those. Is it not a Fincherfest?
0: It is not a Fincherfest.
1: Did I already guess that though?
0: I don't remember.
1: <laughs> is it a Denis
0: It is not.
1: Then we're having an Amy Adams party, yeah?
0: Yeah, we yes! are!
1: Yes! <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so ready. <laughs>
0: I'm kinda I'm I'm not mad that you guessed it, but I had a joke ready. I was gonna say we're gonna talk about American hero and sniper Chris Kyle. <laughs> but no, we're talking about Amy Adams, which is anyone like anyone who knows Kayleen knows that Back to the Future is her favorite movie. Anyone who knows Courtney knows that amy adams is her favorite actress
1: amy adams light of my life i'm so ready i'm so ready and i feel like i already know what you probably have pulled up in your notes so i might as well pull up my letterbox i'm guessing
0: well i have i have 23 questions holy crap
1: that's so many
0: i think it's different enough from the format of kayleen and kimmy's episode but let's just jump right in all right where did your love of Amy Adams start? Because when we met in twenty thirteen, I don't remember you talking about her a lot. I, no. I just I feel like she wasn't mentioned. And then there was a year where it was probably twenty sixteen where she had a rival and nocturnal animals came out where you just fell in love and that was she became your favorite that year.
1: Bingo. Yeah, that's when it was. What's funny is uh, I've had, like, these phases with redheads. And so I would say, like, in my, like, early college years, like, I really loved Emma Stone. I thought she was amazing. And then somehow that love transitioned into Jessica Chastain. And it's funny because those are Kimmy and Kayleen's favorite people, respectively. Kimmy loves Jessica and Kayleen loves Emma. And um, I feel like maybe I was out to sea adrift with no... Female celebrity to just like focus all of my obsession onto (laughs) around 2016. I didn't have somebody that I was like head over heels watching all of their filmography, etc. And then something about Arrival, that movie came out and my mind just kind of exploded. And it was like when you watch a movie where all the puzzle pieces come together and the main character's face is like all the clues, they were there all along. I was like, I love Amy Adams and I do. And because I'd seen her in other stuff before, Enchanted, she was like one of my favorite Disney princesses. I love that movie. But I didn't really like gravitate towards her too much. Drop Dead Gorgeous is one of my all time favorite movies. And it's like my family's most beloved movie, arguably together. And she's in that. It was her first role ever, which is really cool.
0: Before we get too much into her filmography. Right, I'll, you... I'll stop. <laughs> oh, no, no worries. No worries. What What is it about her that makes you love her so much?
1: Uh, I think she is the best working actress at the moment and has been for a while and has really not necessarily flown on the radar because she's she's got six Oscar nominations under her belt, but she has just been time and again this really true performer who is able to make you feel something for her characters and also really lend herself to the story. So every time you're watching something that she's in – you believe her and you also believe her role in the story and in the stakes and what it is she's trying to accomplish, you know, like even something really small, like her advice, she does that. But other than that, I just think she is beautiful. She's not a natural redhead, nor am I. And so that's kind of fun that like she's, she's normally not redheaded and yet she's made this her trademark and her staple. And she also has this thing about her where she plays these really doe-eyed innocent characters who I feel like are very relatable because you can just see how earnest they are and how much they're trying. And then lately she's transitioned into these really gritty roles that I just, her range, man, her range.
0: She does have terrific range. My next question is, what's the first thing you remember seeing her in? Was it Drop Dead Gorgeous and Enchanted?
1: It was Drop Dead Gorgeous. I saw that way before Enchanted even. I think I saw Drop Dead Gorgeous when I was like 11, maybe 10. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and I didn't know that that was her. And then- later obviously had seen her in other things. I do remember the first time I knew her by name and I thought she was amazing. And I was was, like telling everybody, I was like really excited for the Oscars in 2014 or 2013 because I was like, oh, I can't wait for that Amy Adams girl to win for American Hustle. I thought she had that in the bag and she didn't.
0: (laughs) Who did she lose to?
1: She lost to Julianne Moore for Still Alice, I believe. And wasn't that also the year for Rosamund Pike?
0: Yeah. I want to make sure I'm right on that. I gotta say, if, if that was the year Rosamund Bike was nominated, I would have to give it to her.
1: I mean, right? Like, I was really pleased with everybody that year. I could be completely wrong. Oh, nope. She lost to Who did she lose to?
0: Gone Girl came out in 2014.
1: So it wouldn't have been then. I'm so annoyed, and I would like to know for sure. I'm Googling it. I'm sorry.
0: It's okay. 2013. I'm trying to think what... Mm. Oh, Lupita. Lupita. Lupita oh, Nongo. okay.
1: Lupita won that year. Okay. See, I just, I can never get mad for when Wait. Amy doesn't win.
0: Yeah. It... Because
1: it's it's just so, she's always just like, because, okay, that's the year I was thinking of. I really liked that year, and I wanted Rosamund desperately to win, because Rosamund was up against Reese Witherspoon and Wilde, which I loved, and Still Alice, which I loved. And so I was really going to be happy with any of those women for winning. Mm-hmm. But oh that's sad yeah amy and lupita that's it. no god damn it no that's not what happened and i'm still mad about this nope that was not the year lupita won lupita won lupita won for supporting
0: so who was best actress that this year? is
1: nope this is what makes me mad it's kate blanchett from a <laughs> film and i want you to bleep out the name
0: <laughs> well kate was really good in that movie
1: i'm not gonna see it because of who it's directed by
0: <laughs> i know but she was really good in that movie
1: Amy was better. If I haven't even
0: seen You haven't it. seen the movie.
1: I don't care. That one's probably the only one I'm actually upset about cuz Amy's lost to other people in other years and I can understand why and it's fine, but that one that yeah. no
0: really irks you.
1: It does because I also love Kate Blanchett. I think she's wonderful. Um and I would give her an Oscar for other things. But whatever.
0: So what I would like to do is on your letterbox, you have her performances ranked.
1: Yes, but those were very willy-nilly.
0: Oh, really? I mean, you're such a big fan of Amy Adams and you just put it together willy-nilly? I find that hard to believe, Courtney. No,
1: I would say definitely the the top row there. I agree with that. The second row was a little bit more difficult and then the third row very it just goes down from there because a lot of them are her her bit part movies where she wasn't a household name yet. And then a lot of them are her uh, like student film movies somehow are on here too. And I've seen those as well. Um, I even like bought a DVD of a student film that she was in. I'm psycho anyways. Um, <laughs> so yeah, for the most part, I'll stand by this list. Things could change. Maybe now that we're in quarantine, I will actually like watch all of her filmography in this order and see if things change.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully I've given you something to, to think about. Yeah. But I, what I would like to do is, on the on the list that I have compiled, is just talk a little bit about each one and why it was on your list. Sure. So, uh, number 10, we have Junebug from 2005. hmm What can you tell us about this movie?
1: We did an episode on the podcast about this movie, if you want to listen to that, uh, to have it explained to you, but that is the movie that... Landed her her first Oscar nomination for a supporting role in which she plays a really bubbly, very naive, young pregnant woman in a very small town in the South. And she gives a knockout performance of just every line she says has you smiling super big and just giggling with everything that she's saying. And there's a really wonderful video on YouTube of her audition for that film as well and uh just to see what she came in like just the raw talent if you will of what she brought to the table and then how much she grew from like a director and what the director was able to get from her it's just I think it's really an amazing performance and you can tell that that girl just has that work ethic and she's got that natural ability and also just a magnetism on screen I think she's incredible in that movie and I've seen it a whole bunch I've watched it with the commentary that she's the only movie she's ever done commentary on a dvd for and i've watched it a couple times now and i just love hearing uh, her perspective on it it's really good
0: i wonder why that's the only one she's done a commentary because she has some legendary performances in other movies
1: right i would kill for a whole bunch of her other ones even you know like she's got a very small part in other things and i would still like to hear her thoughts
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. we really need to get you and her in a room at some point
1: I was in a room with her once. I, I well, didn't... okay,
0: in a room, just one-on-one.
1: <laughs> I, I don't think I could handle that. I was already, like, a mess when she was in, like, the same room on a panel with me. So, maybe someday.
0: Maybe someday.
1: Maybe someday, as Daniel loves to say, and send me the gif of Spongebob holding a shell phone.
0: <laughs> it's the magic conch.
1: The magic conch. However, like, if I look through our text messages and I click, like, see photos that we've sent to each other, I bet, like, 90% of them are maybe someday.
0: Probably. Yeah. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Sure. Number nine, we have The Master from 2012, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson.
1: Have you seen this movie?
0: Oh, many times.
1: Okay, I want to know your thoughts on this movie because this is one of those movies that confuses me, and I just, I I understand how good it is, and, like, I, I can really understand the praise that she gets for this role. And I see something so new in her, like it's so different from other things she's been in, which is why I've I've rated it high because that character, she does so much with so little. Um, but I am confused by this movie. I would really love to hear your opinion on it, especially as a huge PTA fan.
0: There's a maliciousness to her performance in that movie that isn't really present in some of her other movies. I think I think this movie does several things really well i think it deals with this relationship between a really extremely damaged person and someone who has he has some of the power to make him feel better and they they fall in love sort of but and the 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 guy who has the power who's played by philip seymour hoffman hmm Joaquin Phoenix gives him this this energy that he didn't have before. He's like the exciting new young thing. He's the Andy, for lack of a better Andy from uh, Gone Girl. He, oh, nice. <laughs> he, he reignites his passion a little bit, and so it's it's sort of a love story. But then it it plays with the power dynamic between them because Philip Seymour Hoffman is essentially the head of Scientology, and yeah. it just gets it it gets really interesting about the head of this cult and how this really unstable person interacts with them and how neither of them really win because of it this isn't really a concise explanation but i think there's a lot of a lot of layers there that i think is fantastic and i everyone gives a great performance and the movie is gorgeous as most pta movies are
1: mhm i think this one would require several more watches for me but just from The two times I've seen it, I saw it it once in a very nice formal setting of, I sat down and I watched it when I was going through all of Amy's filmography and it was great. And then another time I watched it while um, building costumes for Comic-Con. I had like a whole bunch of stuff and I was like not sewing because I don't know how to. I was like hot gluing and everything and Kimmy wanted to put on a movie and I suggested The Master and so we watched it and that one I, I realized I need like a much more dedicated viewing of this film because it was... It was just, there's so much going on, and it's so layered, and that's the same can be said for her character. Like, I don't know what to make of this woman at any given time. I'm, like, scared of her. I think she's just, you know, people have compared it to, like, a Lady Macbeth, and I, I would agree with that.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's a great description. Yeah. She has to make sure that Philip Seymour Hoffman doesn't fuck the money up.
1: It's loosely based on Scientology? Like, it's not in any way a true story, right?
0: It's inspired by Scientology, and it okay. might as well it might as well be what's that guy's name L.R.H. yeah that that dick weasel
1: yeah but pta doesn't want hollywood coming after him so he was like no it's fiction
0: it's good anything you want to add about amy's performance
1: no just because i don't feel like i can speak too eloquently of that one
0: all right next up we have drop dead gorgeous from 1999 Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about this one?
1: Have you seen this one?
0: No, I haven't.
1: I don't know if you'd like it. <laughs> um this is a it's movie got that... good
0: reviews.
1: See, it does, but it's it's definitely a cult classic and it's a cult favorite when we because it's another one we did for the podcast. I think it's my last Amy Adams movie that we've done for the pod. Oh no, never mind. We did a ride hole last week. When we did it, it existed nowhere. Like you could not stream it on any services it wasn't even available on amazon and i for some reason just had two copies of the dvd from like my time as a human so like i thought i had the only two copies and then i would say about a month after we did our episode hulu picked it up and hulu released it for like the first time ever it was never available before and it got a lot of buzz and it's because it's hysterical it is very funny it's a super good movie but i've found like over the years, I think probably the first time I showed this to another person, I was 12, and I would like play this at every sleepover that I had, and only one friend in all of my years of showing it to people liked it. So shout out to Danielle, because she actually liked it, but most people didn't. Most people didn't get it, they didn't get the humor of it, whereas I think it's, it's brilliant. It's very dumb, silly comedy and that sort of a thing, but it's got some amazing one-liners, Very good characters, a lot of stars in their young phase, pre-Hollywood and all that stuff, including Amy, because this movie was filmed in Minnesota, and she was working near there in a dinner theater before getting this part, and this part and what she did in the movie playing Leslie Miller, this very young, bubbly, quote, slutty teenager is what got Kirstie Alley to say, hey, you need to move to Hollywood, and she did, and the rest is history.
0: Well, that's a wonderful story it is i'd say that anything on this list i would be willing to check out mainly because of your recommendation
1: oh don't watch cruel intentions too
0: (laughs) (laughs) i so on your on your top 10 list not 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 further down the list yeah next up we have her from 2013 yeah starring joaquin phoenix god my enunciation is going down the drain starring joaquin phoenix Amy, directed by and written by Spike Jones.
1: Lovely. And you've seen this movie obviously.
0: Many times.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a really lovely film. It it pulls at your heartstrings. It's beautiful to look at. Like it is a gorgeous film. And it's very unique for uh, you know, the way that they play with the future and what things would be like. They don't say what year this is ever, do they?
0: No, and it's sort of timeless because of it.
1: Yeah, I really enjoy that, is that I don't know what's happening and I don't know what it is. Um, I get that her part in this is very small. However, I think it's another one that the Academy would just love her the way that I do. I think she could have been nominated for it. I love her monologue about love and how it's a socially acceptable form of insanity and just what it's like to be single or have your partner leave you and, and what you need to do to bring yourself joy in a time. I, I really like that. And I, I ship her and Theodore. I think they're so cute
0: and I think there's an implication that there's a future between them.
1: I would hope so. And and how nice that she got to work with him after the master. And like I know that doubt was my number 11 so that didn't make this list, but like I love her and Philip Seymour Hoffman that they've had these opportunities to work together and I do love that she's gotten to work with Joaquin in a very different role and in a very loving and warm like i just want that woman to be my friend and give me a pep talk
0: a nice context instead of uh, it's scientology we're gonna cultify things
1: no instead like there's just a scene where she's like eating at a mame and she's designing some weird game where if you're not the perfect housewife like your children get set on fire I, I just love her her character and how quirky and weird this world is
0: i remember seeing in an interview she was talking about when spike jones offered her the role she felt like and this is crazy for fucking Amy Adams to say, but she's like, <laughs> I felt like I was invited to the cool kids table. Right. <laughs> and to develop chemistry between her and Joaquin, he locked her and him in a room just so they could hang out.
1: Wow. I, to be a fly on that wall. I really wonder what they like, just what they connected on and what stuff they are in. Because I always love those. Do you watch any of those actors on actors videos? Sometimes right it it has to be like a strange pair that's that's pulled me in to just hear what they are saying and things like that and amy's been pulled into some where i'm like oh why i wouldn't picture that but then you know i get to see what she says to people and how she relates to andrew garfield and that's interesting
0: mhm adam driver and michael shannon
1: oh I my gosh remember. i'm going to watch like, the heck out of that
0: oh you tall weirdo looking guys
1: <laughs> which one's going to start screaming in the other's face who's going to point harder
0: Next up, we have Nocturnal Animals from 2016, directed by Tom Ford.
1: I love this movie, and I love how much you and I talked about it afterwards. We did not live anywhere near each other when it came out, but you and I texted back and forth about this for quite a bit. Did we really? We did, and you, I remember at one point, you were, like, talking about, I think you, you sent it to me maybe in, like, a YouTube link or something. It was the opening number when you're you're watching the very artsy patriotic women dancing to this song and just gosh does that set a mood for a movie
0: it does I
1: should note that they were naked and stuff
0: yeah they I think the the movie struck me so much because it reminded me so much of what Hitchcock would make it felt so much like a Hitchcock movie
1: oh okay I can see that actually and and just that movie hurts that's like a painful movie to watch and it really is. Yeah. I love it. I love that movie so much and the range that we get from Amy's character because she's she's playing a character like of what twenty twenty years apart with Jake Gyllenhaal. Hall. And we see her grow kind of from the character that she began as and, and what she was known for in Hollywood to kind of where she's at now because this is kind of what she was like twenty sixteen, edging into the the next couple of years and all that stuff. And I think she delivers an amazing performance snubbed again at the Oscars this year. She should have gotten it for supporting. I would say I would say supporting this year just because she, she's
0: this movie is kind of the Jake Gyllenhaal show a little bit.
1: It's the Jake Gyllenhaal show. It's the Michael Shannon show. It's the Aaron Taylor Johnson show. And, and yet it is about her reactions because she's not given a lot of dialogue. She's not part of the, because if you, if you don't know about nocturnal animals, it's a story within a story. And it's arguable, like, which story is worse? One of them's worse. I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's not part of the way worse story. She's a part of the real world outside of this fictional tragedy. And it's it's mirroring her own tragedy, which is not as severe in any way, but it is still heartbreaking. I love the choice to have the version of her in the fictional world played by Isla Fisher. I think that's ugh, so, so good
0: it's a fantastic movie and it's one that deeply disturbed my dad oh really be. yeah specifically the uh the car scene
1: that car scene is it's, it's traumatizing the scariest thing to watch that uh, yes it's traumatizing aaron taylor johnson just knowing him from like his sweet baby kick-ass days and then to see this i am haunted by that man and he is so scary And then, you know, normally we get someone like Michael Shannon playing scary. And yet he's like this lovable cop who you just are rooting for.
0: And then in that scene, the car scene, Jake's voice Mm -hmm. just reaches this uncomfortable level of, oh, he's, this is, this is someone with so much adrenaline. This is Mm -hmm. fight or flight.
1: Oh, yeah. You really get the fight or flight from, from everyone in that family. And you see how neither work. The, The women try to run. Jake tries to fight, neither are going to come of anything and and you just know in your heart what's going to happen and it does. It's it's such a scary scene. It's such a good movie, but it's a lot to handle. Not everyone can handle that movie. Um, I make the mistake of always being like, I want to rewatch that and I do and I'm like, oh God, what have I done? Because <laughs> I've seen that movie too many times and every time I do, I'm like, oh right, I chose to saddle up for two and a half hours of just an adrenaline rush.
0: One final comment I want to make. Yeah. Oh shit! What was I gonna say? It's gone.
1: No, I'll wait for it.
0: Uh, what was it? Nocturnal animals is a movie with. Nope, it's gone. It's, it's completely. Oh, okay, I remember. Oh my god! Yay! <laughs> uh, the, the only thing that really makes me raise my eyebrows is Amy Adams with Army Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Army Hammer is such a golden god of a person. <laughs> that he looks like the he looks 20 years passes and he looks like the same person in a movie where the makeup is really good throughout yeah and then it's just like that's still army hammer
1: i think it's is it meant to be that she's just now with a much younger man like she's just she's made it that far in life and yet she can just have anyone she wants and she can be with this young hot army hammer
0: but wasn't she wasn't she young when she Oh gets right eight? and she's
1: and she's cheating you're right okay
0: and then 20 years passes and he's cheating on her, spoiler.
1: No, yeah, that's totally true. Wow, I didn't even think of that. I forgot about how he's in the car with her after she gets the abortion, spoiler. Um, yeah, okay, that makes sense and they didn't do enough to to adjust his makeup. There's, like, there's a few things in her actual real world that make me raise an eyebrow, I would say. I don't like the jump scare of-
0: On the baby on monitor. On the baby thing. monitor,
1: I really didn't like that. And then I also have a hard time with the title drop. <laughs>
0: oh where oh did oh yeah my husband used to
1: call me a nocturnal animal i'm like no who does that
0: and then she points both fingers like guns at the camera and goes hey
1: i can't believe she that's why she didn't get oscar nominated because she broke the fourth wall and that was that was a choice i'll give it to her for making that choice
0: (laughs) and they couldn't edit it out it was such a powerful choice that yeah
1: the editing software broke when that happened this is such a stupid joke but we keep going with it keep going
0: This is we just keep digging the hole deeper and deeper
1: yes
0: (laughs) changing changing tones we have enchanted from 2007
1: okay i love that these two films ended up next to each other because there is a hysterical meme that i saw probably like a week ago where it's a picture of barney the dinosaur Mm-hmm. And it says Amy Adams in Enchanted, and then next to it is the T-Rex from Jurassic Park, and it says Amy Adams in Nocturnal Animals. Yep. That's it. That's right there. Uh, Yes, I would rank this as her fifth best performance. I stand by this wholeheartedly. She is a beautiful voice. She's got an incredible voice. All of the songs and her singing, I adore and she took this to a level that I don't think other people could take it to. To to quote yet another meme, there was a meme going around a while ago, it was like, Amy Adams could do Wolf of Wall Street, but Leonardo DiCaprio couldn't do Enchanted, and I agree. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I love, you know, I love Leonardo DiCaprio and other dramatic actors and stuff like that, but she really showed the world a Disney princess come to life, and I think it's, so fun it's for everyone like most of her movies if not every single one but this and night at the museum and the muppets are not for everyone they're you know very specific maybe big eyes but this is a movie for everyone and children and adults love it it's so enjoyable it's so charming she's hysterical in it and she was the first thing i ever cosplayed as at comic-con was giselle really Uh, yeah i did that and so it just holds a special place.
0: That's wonderful. I'm glad you brought up the Leo thing because that is that is <laughs> something about Amy that we didn't really mention before. She has so much range.
1: Mhm. Endless, endless range, um even to the point where I teach this movie to my students because I teach theater and every student who passes through my class at some point during the semester, we do watch Enchanted because I teach them about how to move and what movement is like and how you can lead with either your head or your heart or your hips. You you know that like idea and stuff, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so I have them take notes on her performance specifically and about how much you see her change throughout the movie because it opens with the quintessential... Leading with the heart character, which is a Disney princess, and everything she says is like bursting out of her with song, with energy, her chest is always out, her arms are always out in the air and up, and then as the movie progresses, you start to see how the real world is affecting her, and she starts to lean forward more with her head, and she's become more aware of her thinking and she's more confused and you just see by the end of it like she's more of leading with her head character and then the same thing happens with Robert who's played by Patrick Dempsey he starts leading with his head and then slowly starts leading with his heart as he's affected by her worldview and everything
0: I really need to see this movie
1: have you not seen it oh my gosh why am I talking about it so much
0: We're on We explain movies. Isn't that what you do?
1: No, I could have I could have cut that down, Daniel. I thought you'd seen this.
0: Oh, no, 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 Courtney. This is this is about you. It's not about me.
1: That's so funny.
0: Haven't there been talks of a sequel forever?
1: Yes, Disenchanted. I would say when she was doing like the circuit for Sharp Objects in 2018, that was like a big question all the reporters were asking because that's when she was rumored as IMDB listed or that was in the works and that was talked about with everything that's going on now I mean she already had a movie that was supposed to come out in a week and yet where is it so I don't know what's going to happen with that but yeah I would I would be there for a sequel of Disenchanted sounds sad but I'd be there
0: it could be dark disney probably won't but <laughs>
1: probably won't it's a it's a really fun movie really good music I I hope you would like the music if if nothing else if it's too cheesy or too young or too disney for you I don't really know how you feel about disney Daniel you seem like a Pixar guy, but I don't know how you feel about Disney.
0: I like Disney a lot. I don't like their recent stuff, but yeah. I mean, I've been listening to Be Prepared on repeat. Oh, you lot. mean this,
1: the spoken word version by Idris Elba?
0: <laughs> it's not Idris Elba. What? It's not Idris Elba.
1: Are you kidding?
0: I am not kidding. It's Chiwetel Ejiofor. Cut that. <laughs> i will <laughs>
1: are you kidding i well it's not like i can see them so i i went into it and i was like oh yes this movie stars idris
0: elba but idris
1: elba is not cats so they both made bad choices last year
0: terrible choices i don't know what what the fuck holy crap Chiwetel seems
1: too young to play scar but watch him be just as old as idris elba i have no idea
0: it's a movie that should not have been made. But no, you know, I, I like Golden Age Disney. And I mean, of course, me too. If anything about Disney, the music is phenomenal.
1: Mm-hmm. So good. Well, enjoy the music in this one. It's great.
0: Next up, we have The Fighter from 2011, directed by David O. Russell, starring Mark Wahlberg, Amy Adams, Melissa Leo, Christian Bale, and some other people. <laughs>
1: i do think she deserved the oscar over melissa leo for this one
0: Ooh,
1: controversial because it's it's yeah it's for this name controversial
0: movie. than idris elba being in lion king
1: he was in cats daniel you're a fool <laughs> <laughs> i mean aren't those movies the same both were awful cgi cats
0: it was actually laura linney <laughs>
1: Shut up! Oh my god, I will never, never live that down. Um, and actually, I think we should just segue right now and change this whole episode to be Courtney talks about Laura Linney, her fave. <laughs> I love Laura Linney so much, especially when she was in Vox Lux. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, the fighter—you've—you've you've seen this one, yes.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I, it's a great movie. It's a
1: great movie. Um my family and i we will always say together like on top of each other one of one of us will be like slut skank whore and then i always go mtv girl what the fuck is that mtv girl when all of mark Wahlberg's sisters are like attacking her and they call her mtv girl
0: don't they call her wild girl too
1: They call her so many things, but they specifically say MTV girl. And she's like, what the fuck is that MTV girl? Because it's, what is that? (laughs) Um,
0: She's fucking tough in that movie.
1: She is so tough in that movie. It is such a different look for her, especially like she's, she's dressed really differently. She's got like on, you know, like really tiny shorts and tank tops. And she's got like super messy curly hair and... She is so hardcore and so badass and she doesn't put up with any shit whatsoever. Like she is the first one to have Mark Wahlberg's back, but she's also the first one to tell him what to do. And she's the only one strong enough to stand up to his crazy family. And yet she's just, she's endearing and she's so cute. You know, I I like their... Love story as it's progressing, you know, and they're dating and all that stuff. I like what little things are written for her character in terms of backstory, like that she she went to college too much, but then she partied too hard and lost her scholarship and had to, you know, go back to Lowell, which this town seems awful. It's like Boston, right? Lowell.
0: It's worse than Boston. Yeah.
1: Sorry to all you Boston people who are like, we're not Lowell. We're better than Lowell.
0: Those are the MTV Boston <laughs> people. <laughs> yes. Yes
1: lol is mtv boston also sorry for my bad accent anyways uh i love this movie and i think she is a knockout performance
0: and it's funny that you didn't
1: get my pun oh <laughs> uh,
0: now i get it sorry it's funny that enchanted is sandwiched between the fighter and nocturnal animals because and then her, so much range this this actress right so you much range, range.
1: You see it because just going through the movies we've been through, Junebug, it's like that very soft sign of Amy, the master, the hard side, drafted gorgeous, soft. Her is like nice and in the middle. Nocturnal Animals is almost as gritty as it gets. She's got one more thing that I would put above that. And then, yeah, like back to Enchanted, back to the fighter. It's it's crazy. This woman is on another level.
0: Any any further comments about the fighter?
1: Poor. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I thought it cut out for a second. You you, you spaced that perfectly. Thank
1: you. Yeah, um, I watched this one a lot. I, I love this movie. I think it's a great movie, aside from her performance, even. I think it's really well done. I like the characters. I like the, the way it's edited and the true story aspect of it. I think it's a good movie. It's
0: a nice crowd pleaser.
1: It is, yeah. I feel like I could put this on and people would enjoy it. Hoa. Yeah, the next one, I know it's not the case.
0: Next up, we have... Also by David O. Russell, American Hustle, starring Christian Bale, Amy Adams, Bradley Cooper, Jeremy Renner, Jennifer Lawrence, for some reason.
1: <laughs> and uh, that's it, right? Or did they, they, they put in like 30 other people? Robert De Niro's in it. That's a spoiler.
0: Michael Pena's in it.
1: Yeah, there's there's so many people in this movie. My first note, and I don't have notes, but I'm looking at my letterbox and I would just like to make it clear. This is Amy Adams' is ranked. And the only description I gave for this list is David O. Russell deserves no credit for this list because he was apparently a monster to her during this. And did that that churn out what I think is one of her best performances? Yes. And it, it breaks my heart every time that I think of that. There are videos of her tearing up during interviews about what it was like working with him. There is behind the scenes footage of these different deleted scenes. And I just... I hate that man now, and I'm so mad. And she has mentioned so many times, very coyly, like all these different quotes and stuff where she says, nothing scares me anymore. I've worked with some of the meanest people in Hollywood. I know that's about David O. Russell. It's really sad. And I I just can't believe that she went through so much working on this film, um, which then received very little critical acclaim. It got her an Oscar nomination, but I don't know what's the Rotten Tomatoes score on this. Isn't it like people hate it and think it's bad?
0: I didn't like this movie. I didn't hate it. It just wasn't. It was like a milk toast crime movie. I would yeah. like to see it again. See it again because I literally have not seen it since it was in theaters. I would like to check it out again, but I did not know that about David O. Russell. That's really disappointing to hear. I'm not really surprised because there's a very famous video of him blowing up at Lily Tomlin. Mm-hmm. So fuck that guy. What a fucking <laughs> asshole. Your your right? movies aren't that good. You fucking <laughs> prick.
1: Exactly. And, uh, yeah, I guess, like, it's better that, you know, she she endured all this stuff and she still came out on top and she still... Gave what I think is one of her best performances But it still is a harder one For me to watch because every time I watch it I'm like blown away by her and I just think about Maybe what she had to endure And she also you know had like just come off of Like having a baby and taking a little break From that and I think the last time you And I talked about it you were like she looks Really um, like emaciated in This role doesn't she and like I'm assuming it was because she was stressed I'm assuming she was being just like Put through a lot I mean I don't know I wasn't there so I I don't know what actually Actually was going on behind the set but I know that Jeremy Renner was like a huge support for her during this movie and it's kind of funny given what he's kind of come out to be recently <laughs> um but uh, yeah her and Jeremy developed a great friendship because of this movie and he ended up um, presenting her with her Walk of Fame star after this the Hollywood Walk of Fame mm-hmm. but otherwise I-, I love watching this movie because it just it's it's like this mood sets in and you know you're hearing all these 70s songs and there's so many iconic outfits, and Amy looks stunning in each of them. And then as the movie goes on, it starts to break your heart a little, and you see her unraveling. And yes, it's the character, but then uh, Amy has like said numerous times that this is a character she would never play again, and she would never want to go back to, um, because she just thinks she's the most miserable person on the planet. And I, I think that's really sad, and it just... Hurts to hear like my sweet, sweet angel saying these things, and I just want—I wanted this to be a better experience for her, um, given how much she kicked ass during it.
0: I was not expecting to dislike David O. Russell even more.
1: <laughs> Did you have a reason to dislike him before? Was it joy?
0: <laughs> I, well, I think he—I think he's super pretentious, and yeah. I don't like his style of filmmaking. I think it's really indulgent and
1: mm-hmm.
0: not really focused. And, now, and then now I know he's a giant asshole on set still. Yeah. He didn't work for years after the Lily Tomlin thing because it was supposed to be like, okay, he needs to fucking get his shit in gear. And I guess nothing changed. And the fact that he did it to Amy Adams of all people, that's really disappointing.
1: It really is. And then, I mean, beyond that, the only people he's gotten to work with is Jennifer Lawrence. And then, I mean, it's not as if her career fizzled out, but I think people were like, oh, okay, so we just that's three David O. Russell movies in a row. I think we're done here. And I think that, yeah, maybe uh, she moved on to other things like, you know, the critically acclaimed uh, magnum opus that is Passengers.
0: (laughs) Classic movie.
1: Classic movie. So I'm happy for Amy in just what kind of stepping stone this movie was for her. It was the first movie where she was nominated for a leading actress because she's only ever been given supporting noms. And I think that she was amazing in this movie. It just, it, it makes me sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I'll agree, like uh, seeing it after in theaters, like I saw it in theaters the way that you would have. And I left and I was like, Oh, I was expecting like high octane, like all this crazy stuff to go down. And instead it was like, Oh, that was just a very simple story that, that he's kind of left out of history books. Like not many people even care about It was called Ab Scam, which is racist because it was short for Arab Scam. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a whole thing. Um, Don't know why it wanted to be made, you know, just because there are so many other like heist movies or other things i don't know did this come out like right after fargo is that why people were like dying for those types of movies not fargo argo because
0: <laughs> david o Russell is a genius and blah 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 blah
1: yeah you wouldn't get it i made jennifer lawrence kiss amy adams it's high art uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i let out a, a much smaller sigh on my end
0: <laughs> moving on to uh happier days we have arrival from 2016 Directed by Denis Villeneuve.
1: It's it's my number one movie on the list, because the next one's not a movie in terms of her uh, me ranking her filmography. So it's what I would argue is her best movie uh, in terms of being a movie, <laughs> and it's an incredible performance from her that I love.
0: The same way that anyone knows that Amy Adams is your favorite, everyone knows that Arrival is your favorite, too.
1: I would hope so. I've tried to shout it from the rooftops.
0: And you guys just did a podcast episode on it.
1: We did. I want to say that I'm proud of that episode because it was something that I had been like really excited to talk about forever with those two lovely ladies. However, I just am am bummed that like the vocal quality is what it was because it was our first thing ever recording long distance and in quarantine. And also I kind of shot myself in the foot by doing extensive research when really... I can just, I can talk about things that I love. It's already been a significant amount of time just talking about Amy Adams, so I probably shouldn't have like gone ham on the research for Arrival.
0: But I I thought that was a really interesting part of the episode because you were, I don't know, you were just saying stuff that I had not thought about. I didn't know you were so obsessed with parallel universes prior to that episode. Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) We're going to have to talk about that at some point.
1: I would love to but yeah so so i of that episode i I definitely liked more hearing from kimmy and kaylee and what their thoughts were because they were just talking from a here's my initial reaction here's how i felt about the movie and meanwhile i was like well if you want to turn your attention to nietzsche and i just sound like an idiot
0: (laughs) no you don't you brought a very scholarly perspective to your favorite movie
1: because it is my favorite movie uh what are your thoughts on a rifle
0: i think it's fantastic we watched it i think it was on my birthday this past year
1: really how nice is that
0: because i wanted to watch some smart sci-fi and Mm -hmm. i wanted something low-key and not in your face and that's that's what i got it's it's what i love about movies where the the technical elements are at the highest caliber it's quiet it's people talking but it's still very cinematic and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of tension it's sci-fi it's cool it's gorgeous to look at. The music is wonderful. Amy's performance is great. So, yeah, I, I like it a lot. Absolutely. Is it my favorite movie of all time? No, but I really enjoy it and I would recommend it to anyone.
1: And that's okay. Like, I think that giving this movie breathing room to watch it and then to take time away from it and watch it again, I think that's what people should do because uh, a lot of people, you know, have only, only seen it once and were able to kind of scoff at it or, or wave it off when really I think it demands a rewatch knowing the ending. And it just connected with me on such a personal level that I can in no way, shape or form, deny it as being so brilliant and so a part of who I am right now. Just because, you know, movies affect you and they affect your life. I do like that you were talking about what aspects of it are exactly what you look for in a movie because i remember you asking kimmy that question and i wanted to know what your thoughts were on it of what is something you look for in a movie and so like for you is it the technical aspects mirrored with like the quiet stillness of cinema and of just like having to be visual what do you look for
0: that's a rude question
1: (laughs) gotcha i got it i got the sound bite (laughs)
0: We're done here. We're done. We're
1: done here. Goodbye. Thank you. You'll never get to know my number one question. Please just cut the episode there. And then in no way say like, there will be a part three to this episode. Just cut it.
0: Just end it and have, fuck fuck all the other questions I have. We're just going to end it there. Oh my God. (laughs) Some of the most important things that I treasure the most in movies is treating the audience with respect and okay. delivering information in a way that I don't feel condescended to. I know I'm watching a movie, but at the same time, I want to I want to be able to enjoy this world that I'm being thrust into as much as possible without any extraneous bullshit that you mm-hmm. don't need. I really believe in the economy of filmmaking and just... Okay, if you have one scene where you establish an important element, you do not need another one where you do the same thing. Yeah. I like tight movies. You and I both subscribe to The Church of David Fincher. Who oh, is yes. One of the most perfectionist directors who has no patience for unnecessary elements and just is concerned about the story. And at the same time, using the best technical elements to bring it to life. Now, sometimes you just can't have those technical elements because because of budget and time constraints, but I don't know. I just want what I'm watching to be the best that it can possibly be. And that's why you mentioned earlier that I am sort of harsh with my rating, but at the same time, I, th- I feel like I have mellowed a little bit because I can... Even if I give something a five, that doesn't mean that I dislike it. It just means that it didn't do certain things that I thought it could do to make it the best it could possibly be.
1: What did you give Den of Thieves?
0: I gave Den of Thieves a two and a half out of five, which is a five. Yeah. That's a very flawed movie. And like I said, thank you so much for bringing that up because that's a great (laughs) example Mm -hmm. because it's such a morally ambiguous movie. the the main characters of the movie are criminals. Okay, so maybe, are you supposed to root for them? You're not sure. The cop who's after them is really the worst human being on Earth. So it's, it's just like, what am I supposed to take away from this? However, at the same time, the technical elements are really well done, and the plot is pretty interesting, and I was engaged the entire time. So that's how I came to it being a five- you're not going to learn any life lessons from it, but at the same time, it's better than, say, Kick-Ass 2.
1: <laughs> I like Kick-Ass 2, and I think that's just because I like entertainment, and that's what movies and art, you know, are there for. They are there for to provoke thought, they're there to entertain, and so I think if you like Den of Thieves, enjoy Den of Thieves, and, and let it be. <laughs>
0: exactly and i am past the point of wanting to argue with people over whether something is good or not i have my reasons you have yours probably not going to affect one another
1: exactly which um to bring in like the most controversial movie ever made yeah you and i both were like joker no thanks um and and i hesitate i hesitate to talk to anybody about it because i'm like i i am very respectful of your opinion and you are more than welcome to like that movie and i i like hearing why you like it but that's not going to change my opinion. And I don't really feel like sharing my opinion on it either. Yeah, I didn't even rate that one on Letterboxd because I was like, I don't want I don't want to (laughs) leave me alone.
0: This may be a controversial statement. But I believe in there being such a thing as an objectively good movie, where you can measure the weight of the technical elements and the writing and the acting. And I think Joker is an objectively poor movie. And I think I could do a pretty decent job arguing however that's not the point and people can feel the way they want about movies
1: exactly and yeah i i agree with you on like that in in every regard because you're allowed to like what you like art is subjective yes there are objectively good movies like don't come at me and say arrival is a poorly made film it's in no way a poorly made film
0: (laughs) You, you would be a fucking liar if you said that
1: yeah i did uh the way that I got into podcasts, too, is um, I started by searching Arrival in there, and I wanted to listen to other movie podcasts who had done an episode on Arrival, and right away I found like two podcasts that don't even exist anymore where they just wanted to pick it apart and just shit on it in every way, and I was fuming, And but I, I don't need to be. I don't need to invite that kind of negativity in my life. mm mm-hmm because it's an incredibly intelligently made movie. There's so much thought that went into it. It is designed impeccably and perfectly. And like to to tell you what I look for in a movie, like I really look for characters and the character of Louise Banks and what we're getting from her and her journey throughout this movie is something that I would be happy to rewatch every single day of my life. I'm not going to But I would love to just be absorbed in her psyche and her experiences. And uh, that's why I love this movie so much. I think it really hits the nail on the head in terms of how our humanity should respond and work together and how scary times can be. And yet we need to focus on cooperation and we need to see a bigger picture and I love the idea of looking at time non-linearly and and knowing what is to come and being accepting of things and accepting of the past. I think it's just got... This is one of those films where, yeah, there's a lot of message to it. There's a lot to be said of it.
0: Yeah, there's there's so much to unpack. Mm -hmm. It's just so well done. Denis respects the audience. And I will always be grateful that he is allowed to do what... Allowed to make a... 180 million dollar blade runner movie
1: i really want to rewatch that one too
0: he's great movies are cool
1: movies are like good if you if you watch them i like that i like to watch them when i watch the movies i like that
0: (laughs) (laughs) so that that was a very broad discussion of arrival any any closing points that you want to make
1: yeah i didn't i didn't zoom in too much on amy's performance um because it is ranked so high on my list because of the film as a whole, American Household's is right there next to it, and those aren't even in the same ballpark. But in terms of her performance and why I think it's so good is she had to convey so much that is not typically asked of an actor. Because films are shot out of sequence, and so actors are used to that aspect of it. But I can't even imagine the mental gymnastics she must have had to be performing to film things out of order, and to on top of that say, oh, and here's what my character does and does not know about this time... But also, I have to perceive the future and 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 not know what's happened. And I just think that it's there on her face, plain as day, from the opening scene of the movie when she is with her daughter. It somehow is and is not there um, when she is entering the college right after her daughter has died. And we think that um, you'll know what this is. And like I was super impressed by it. Is the um, saw it in a YouTube video essay about Arrival. But the the Hitchcock idea of the Kuleshov effect. Is that what it's called? Where it's like, you can see something and think it's one thing, but then if the next shot is of something else,
0: you can change the context.
1: Exactly. So it's like, you're just watching this, this old man, like looking at a baby and it's really cute. And then in the next shot, you realize the old man is actually looking at the mom holding the baby and then it's kind of creepy. And I think that this movie did that really well, especially with her emotions and with her face acting of she just lost her daughter and in the next scene we think it's a couple months after that but really it's the past and we still see this look on her face and we just don't know what to make of her until the twist of the movie is revealed which I'm realizing I've already spoiled so oh my gosh I'm sorry if I spoiled Arrival for you listener
0: Welcome to We Explain Movies. My name is Kimmy, and this is Courtney, and she spoils every movie.
1: Oh, did you realize that you you recorded um, episodes with all of us in the order of our theme song? It goes, "I'm Kimmy, I'm Kayleen, and I'm Courtney," and you did that.
0: That was not intentional.
1: Like <laughs> you did it.
0: <laughs> I had the idea to interview you first, oh. and then it just happened in the order it did.
1: Kimmy, all of a sudden, was like, "Oh, I just recorded a podcast with Daniel," and I was like, "Dang, you fast." Because yeah, she recorded when I was still like trying to plan out my life and find a time. And then all of a sudden I was, you texted me at night and you were like, when's a good day? And I was asleep. And then in the morning I woke up and started responding to you. And you had already posted a Kayleen episode. <laughs> I didn't know you'd recorded with Kayleen either.
0: <laughs> For the listeners, Courtney is an educator. So she has actual important things to do. And she's been dealing with some personal life stuff as well. Yeah. So I didn't want to just like... I joked at the end of the Kimmy episode that, well, Courtney needs to just do a movie podcast. That <laughs> yeah. should be her prerogative. But she has important adult things to do.
1: Which is all good. I'm so happy to be doing this right now. And it's been a lot of fun. And it's also been uh, so much fun listening to my friends and fellow podcast hosts on your episodes. It's, it was lovely. You guys did a great job.
0: Thank you. Yeah. And then the the final performance of Amy Adams is from Sharp Objects from 2018. HBO miniseries.
1: I debated leaving it off of the list because it is not a movie. However, Letterboxd creates pages for miniseries so long as they don't have like a second season or if they're you know they don't have it for TV shows. So the fact that it was there I saw my opportunity and I took it. And yeah, I will absolutely rank this the number one best Amy Adams performance. It is incredible. It hurts me so much every time I watch this. I feel so many different feelings that I don't feel from other things when I watch this show. I've seen it way too many times i flew to new york to see the premiere of it i got tickets to go see it and uh watch it like two weeks before everyone else and then afterwards there was a panel with gillian flynn and amy adams and the rest of the cast and there you go that solidifies it i was like this is what i need to do after two years of obsession and i did it after it it came out like in two weeks I would watch the episode. Every time it was released, Kimmy and Kayleen would come over. We even made like Southern sweet tea drinks the first night and had like a whole big watch party. And then every week that an episode was released, I would be like, okay, episode one came out. The next day I would watch episode one again. And then that would follow until like episode three came out. And then I would watch one, two, and three again. Uh, so I've seen this way too many times. I love it.
0: I have not seen it, which I know is is blasphemous of me. I...
1: But... You read the book.
0: I have read the book,
1: and you and I talked about it.
0: I really enjoy the book a mm-hmm. lot. The book was fantastic, and Gillian Flynn, terrific writer. Oh yes, great, great female characters. Is this a better adaptation of her work than Gone Girl? Having not seen it,
1: it's very different. I w- and and I love Gone Girl so much. I love Gone Girl so much, as do you. So I don't really want to compare the betterness aspects of it because technically speaking it is a it is a very well-made show it's directed by jean-marc Vallée. i don't know what of his you like do you like dallas buyers club or wild or big little lies
0: i did like dallas buyers club i think it's the only thing i've seen
1: okay him. so he's actually like i think he's a, a great director um and i love i loved big little lies even before this movie or this mini series was made and so then afterwards, I was like, okay, I see you. You're on my radar now a little bit. And it's a different medium, obviously, from Gone Girl, because it's it's eight episodes. Each one is an hour long. So it's two and a half Gone Girls. <laughs> um,
0: yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: And it's very different. the The style is so not what Gone Girl is. There's no narration. There's a lot more subtlety to the characters. And I think that's also why I think Amy's performance is as good as it is, is there's not a lot of dialogue. There is a lot of subtext in it, like all throughout. And there's a lot of putting the puzzle pieces together of this crime and this family and what to make of all of it, right down to the character herself being a mystery. And you don't understand what the mystery is of it until like the last shot of episode one and you know what it is obviously Camille struggles heavily with self-harm and with alcoholism and if you're just looking at like what an Amy Adams type was 10 years ago to what she is capable of and what she's being offered now I, I just I'm so proud of her and I'm so in love with this character. I love this character so much. I don't know what else to say about it with because I don't want to spoil things that you haven't seen. I don't want to gush too much and be annoying.
0: <laughs> I'm excited to watch it just because I enjoyed the book so much. And there were, I mean, Amy Adams is wonderful and I would want to see a great actress do a great part.
1: Mm-hmm. And she's got amazing chemistry with so many different people in the show, like Chris Messina and her. Um, he plays Richard the Cop, which <laughs> you and I talked about a couple scenes from the book between them.
0: Best sex scene ever written.
1: Best. Like, I love that. It's a great one.
0: There's a lot of good sex scenes in that book, actually.
1: There is, actually, yeah. And then, like, the, um, the one with John, John Keane, in the show itself. Oh, my God. Like, it's so sexy but it's so tragic and it's oh it's such a good show it's such a good show each episode builds and is better than the last i love it it's phenomenal
0: and you've really made me want to watch it i am ex-
1: I hope you, you know, do
0: do you know when i'm gonna watch it when maybe someday really uh, <laughs> no please maybe maybe someday
1: oh shut up
0: <laughs> <laughs> i give and then i take away courtney
1: You give it, then you take it. I was like, it used to air on Sundays. Watch one a week. Maybe you should do that so you can pace yourself out better.
0: I really, I can't binge shows anymore. Oh, you don't? Okay, good. I watched 20 hours of Westworld in four days.
1: Holy crap. Was that two seasons worth?
0: Yeah, and I hated myself. And I I felt like I ate too much at dinner. (laughs) It was, I never want to do that again.
1: That was a while ago, though, too, because you and I talked Westworld like a year. I re
0: I rewatched it about 3 weeks ago.
1: Oh, okay. Yikes, that's so much.
0: Yes, it is.
1: And also wasn't season 2 not good, I heard? I I season couldn't watch it. Season 2
0: is nearly unwatchable.
1: Thank you cuz I gave up after two episodes and now I'm like gosh, it was like the start of this quarantine a few weeks ago. I was staying up till Way past my bedtime for god knows what reason and I started watching Kramit videos of like here's what you missed in season two of Westworld. Worlds.
0: It's like a how to not make a show.
1: Okay. I believe you.
0: Are there any movies that are lower on your list without without going too much into them that you just wanna shout out that you recommend that are still good and she does well in them? Oh
1: sure. Let's see. Nope, that's the wrong list. Um,
0: catch me if you can comes to mind.
1: Yeah, I really like her in that one. And that's a good movie. Doubt, I think she is really good in. It's, it's still very much just a play. (laughs) But (laughs) I think she's a really, really great sister, James. It fits her perfectly. And then um, Sunshine Cleaning. I love Sunshine Cleaning so much. It's very slice of life heartwarming movie about sisters and trying to find your way in the world and written and directed by women which i think is super cool because i don't know if she's had the opportunity to work with a lot of female directors so yeah i would go with that one
0: has Those she worked movies. with any
1: sunshine cleaning is directed by a female recently mm, sadly no
0: oh that's disappointing
1: yeah it disappoints me too i'm like oh julian julia
0: She's worked with the most feminist director of all time, Zack Snyder.
1: (laughs) You bet she did. Um, And I would just like to say that it's a toss up between which of the three is best, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman or Justice League. Like all of them are vying for top contender of best movie ever made.
0: And best feminist movie, I think as well.
1: Yeah, there were two whole girls in Justice League, two of them.
0: And one giant crotch shot.
1: Yeah. And one actually one got to wear clothes. That was Amy.
0: <laughs> Oof.
1: She got to hang out in a field. That's too many. <laughs> that's too many. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Has there been anything really shitty where she snuck in a good performance?
1: Oh, let's let's think on that one. Um,
0: Probably because I mean, she's the best.
1: She is the best Indeed. Scrolling through my list, nothing off the bottom, nothing in that next level. Uh, I would like to rewatch Miss Pettigrew Lives for a Day to see, to see how I feel about that one. Um, it just felt like a cheesy feel-good movie, I guess. So I'm not really sure. Kind of like a Julie and Julia, which I don't think is her best work, but it's because the character was pretty poorly written, kind of like her Leap Year character. So I'm gonna go with Big Eyes. I think she is really strong in Big Eyes, and it's fun to see her in um. A period film and with different hair and what what it's like playing a real person because she has had the opportunity to play a lot of real people who exist and so I like that aspect of it as well in the Tim Burton film big eyes
0: my dad actually disliked Amy Adams because of Julie and Julia
1: uh Julie and Julia uh the the Julie part she sucks and I read her book and that that person kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> you know that sounds really mean, but she did it to herself. It's her own book, and in her own book, it's just really negative, and she has a bad attitude about a lot of things. And that's kind of how her character comes across. She comes across as really obsessive. Is the idea of the character, but then it just becomes too much, and she's putting a lot of pressure on her husband, and she is really angry all the time. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. That movie though is a movie i watched it and i was like wow am i a chef now <laughs> <laughs> i'm not
0: isn't chris messina in that as well
1: he is so it's it's super fun to see the two of them in that and then something like sharp objects but yeah i, I don't like the character in that one whereas the character in like leap year there's not really much to her she's pretty annoying the character but there are some gorgeous shots in that movie of ireland because they filmed in ireland and then there's like even better ones of like amy like close-up shots of her in ireland that i really like that movie for
0: Mm -hmm. god i keep going blank so i'll ask the next part of question six has she ever given a bad performance
1: honestly everything that i've watched of hers which has been pretty much everything. There are a couple movies where I just haven't had the time yet. Like, I don't know, something called like The Wedding Date or some other Matthew, what's that one's name? Matthew Perry movie that I just, I'm not in the mood for a 2000s rom-com, so I haven't really gotten to it. But everything I've watched her in, I was still happy I spent my time watching it. Even something God awful, like Cruel Intentions 2. So I would say I enjoyed watching that, but that's that's a bad performance. <laughs> it's not good. Um, she seemed way too young in that role. Um, and she's even playing younger. she's playing high school, but just this weird sex pot character and just the fact that it was a movie that already existed and so she had nothing new to go off of. It was like, no, just just be Sarah Michelle Geller. Just do that. It was really hard to to watch. And it also originally started. it was gonna be a TV show. so they filmed it. As it was a TV show and then the show got canceled and they just took what they had as footage and edited it into a movie. So is it her fault? No, but it's really bad.
0: I'm glad you brought up The Wedding Date because my next question is, movies excluded from your list, your entire list of Amy Adams performances, The Slaughter Rule, Serving Sarah, Pumpkin, The Wedding Date, The X, and On the Road. And my question is, how dare you? (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah um the only one of those that I actually want to see and like I'm excited to see is on the road uh because she looks like she's playing one of her grittier characters and I also really like Kristen Stewart who's in that I just have a pretentious bone in my body where I'm like no I'm gonna read the the Jack Kerouac book before I see the movie and I've been saying I'm gonna read that book since I was probably 15 and I still haven't read it so who knows if we'll ever get there but the other ones, I don't, I don't feel like I need to see them right now, because I know it's going to be such a small part. Like I recently watched, because I'd already seen Charlie Wilson's War. I saw that in theaters. She's and then barely in that movie. That's the thing is I was like, well, I've already seen that. So I'll put it on my list. But then I felt bad about putting something on my list where I just wasn't as educated. So I rewatched it. And she was so barely in it so barely in it at all that I just was kind of mad and I was like that was I'd already seen that movie so why did I spend my time on it but yeah the other ones I have no desire to see the wedding date I don't know those people I watched the trailer for it and I watched the trailer for the ex and the ex looked horrible
0: but how can you call yourself a true fan if you don't (laughs) see everything Courtney did Lin-Manuel Miranda write it
1: I bet you Lynn manuel Miranda ghost wrote the X or Serving Sarah. <laughs> or whichever one of these suddenly has a rap song in it. But yeah, like I even saw something ridiculous like Standing Still. I saw that. It was very small. Oh, The Last Run. That's not even what it's supposed to be called. There's another one on here called The Last Run and it wasn't originally called that. So there's another one I haven't seen. Um, I think I'm going to watch Pumpkin next. I'll watch that because I like Christina Ricci and it looks like a fun... Maybe it could have been like a cult classic, kind of like a, but I'm a cheerleader, so maybe I'll watch Pumpkin.
0: (laughs) You probably have to imbibe a little to get through the remainders on these lists.
1: You know what? That's true, and I don't think I've watched any of her movies while drunk, except for Sharp Objects. I was drunk a lot.
0: (laughs) Well, as someone who's a big michael fassbender fan who has tried to see a lot of his work oh yeah some of it's just really bad and it's hard it really is difficult
1: i mean that's that's just how it is you gotta you gotta keep working as an actor to sustain yourself and that's that's hard on your fans man (laughs) don't do that to us
0: (laughs) has there been anything that you started to watch and you just couldn't finish it
1: yes and so so this makes me a bad watcher, but I don't care. There's this movie called Moonlight Serenade, where she plays she's like She's a, a singer, right? She's a singer in it. And her singing's good. She's like a jazz singer, but she's with this guy who's like a total dick to her until he realizes she can sing. And like, he's like a businessman. And then he says like, come and we'll, let's start a band together. And- Meanwhile, she's dating, like, some guy who's on a whole bunch of drugs, and there was, like, two different scenes of him overdosing and her, like, having to take care of him. And so I started watching all the scenes that she wasn't in at two times the speed to make the movie go by faster.
0: So did you did you finish it? Yes. <laughs> oh, so
1: did that not... That didn't answer your question then. No, it, d- no, it I, did, it did. Yeah, I finished everything that I've started. But with that one, I was speeding through all the scenes she wasn't in. And then I would slow down and watch it at normal speed when she was on screen. And it was terrible.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it has like a four out of 10 on IMDb.
1: It has a two on Letterboxd. Ooh. And can't you see how many people have re- Oh my god, only 63 people have seen it on Letterboxd.
0: that's that's
1: so few i guess i'm the real fan
0: (laughs) that's also telling in itself Uh uh-huh my next question is not really a really deep question but it's more of a fun fact she was on one of those actor roundtables and julie andrews was also in the roundtable and the question she was asked was is there something that you want to do at some point just to cross off your budget your budget list your bucket (laughs) list and she said she would like to do a full run of a stage musical and Julie Andrews said oh it's really difficult dear okay that would that would be really interesting to see Amy Adams in a musical I know she she did Into the Woods for a hot second
1: yeah I have I have the bootleg of her doing that how is it it's good. It's really good. She's the baker's wife. And I also don't know what year it's from. I know she was already famous by that point. I, I would love to see her in something on Broadway. That would be, ugh, I think my mind would explode. But um, she was good in, in Into the Woods, just kind of like a fun, frumpy version of the baker's wife with really crazy hair and, and really over the top type Gis- Giselle acting and stuff like that. So I liked that. I do like that <laughs> the way you described it, it made it sound like Julie Andrews was like, Giving her a
0: dismissive, like a, a little
1: backhanded compliment, or something like, "Oh, sure, but it's very difficult. You probably aren't up to snuff."
0: <laughs> it was like that to an extent.
1: That's funny. I didn't know Julie Andrews had been on Broadway. That seems stupid of me not to assume she had.
0: Oh yeah, she. That's how she got uh, Mrs. Mary Poppins is because she was a big stage musical person. Ew. that's well, how she. Good for got, her. Got her start. And now she can't sing anymore, but oh well.
1: I know, isn't that sad?
0: That's super sad. Yeah. So I'm going to pair my other more fun question with that one. If you could see any Amy Adams work that you didn't see on the big screen, it can be anything. What would you want to see on the big screen?
1: What do you mean by it can be anything? Just like something that I haven't. I didn't get a chance to see on the big screen that I would like to?
0: Yeah, like if you wanted to see Junebug on the big screen. Oh, okay. Or all of Sharp Objects on the big screen.
1: Yeah, I got to see the first episode on the big screen, which was cool. And then I got to see these ones. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have gotten to see a lot of her work on the big screen, just because even if she wasn't my number one, she like was still in some big blockbusters, which is super nice. So I would say I think it would be really cool to go back and watch Drop Dead Gorgeous. I would love to see that on the big screen. I would love like a packed house of fans who dress up and are not going to recite the lines with them, but maybe turn it into kind of like a Rocky Horror Picture Show type thing where you you do things and you throw stuff at the screen and you have a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. I think that would be awesome because there are so many fans of this movie and uh, I think theaters are missing out by not doing a flashback movie night for it and also by being closed right now like do they want business or not that was a bad joke i'm sorry
0: <laughs> wait wait i didn't hear what you said Can you
1: oh i said and theaters are doing a bad job right now of not being open like do you want money
0: <laughs> wow but it
1: was stupid and then you made me say it again
0: is your arm really long from that reach you just did but um
1: isn't there a better way of saying that?
0: Probably. Courtney. I think
1: it's not as though your arm can get longer. I feel like there's some other thing like, are you, are your arms sore from reaching that far? <laughs> I think that's what it is.
0: That's, that's way better than what I said.
1: Is your arm really long?
0: Shut up.
1: I love that. Uh, yeah. I would like to see drop dead gorgeous on the big screen. I would invite all my friends and force them to watch it and we did this on the podcast where we talked about if you could pick any movie to invent like midnight movie rituals for what would you pick and like what would you add and so Kimmy designed a whole bunch of rituals for Harry Potter and Kaylee did it for Twilight and I did it for Titanic and that was fun
0: we obviously need one for Prometheus see I was gonna
1: ask you what would you pick and I like Prometheus
0: greatest movie of all time what
1: do you do in those little like ugly plants yeah I was gonna call I didn't know what to call them I don't know, penis everyone snakes. can throw pita snakes. Everyone can throw like gummy worms <laughs> at the screen. <laughs>
0: we're gonna we're gonna sell them at the concession stand. Yeah. Listeners, you heard what Courtney said. Uh let's make this drop dead gorgeous midnight movie happen. Yeah. Next up next why am I still fucking saying that? See, I get so locked into this script I have. That's um, fine.
1: I mean, we all say stuff too much. I always get annoyed by how much either myself or Kimmy or Kayleen when, when we say, you know, cause that's just a natural human thing. So I always edit those out. And now that I'm not going to be editing this one, I'm catching how many times I'm saying it and it's driving me nuts.
0: Don't worry about that. I'm going to take a big break from after I finish editing Kayleen's episode, I'm going to take a week break from editing because I've literally been editing every single day. Good so for you. I You're need, turning stuff out. I need a timeout. But my question is, Amy has been nominated six times, five times for Supporting Actress, only once for Best Actress. Mm -hmm. For Supporting, it was Junebug, Doubt, The Fighter, The Master, and Vice. And for Best Actress, it was American Hustle. So my question is, is there anything on this list that you disagree with or that you would swap out?
1: Oh, I would hardcore swap out probably Vice for... I I would have loved for her to get a Nocturnal Animal Supporting Actress.
0: That would have been very nice.
1: That would have been very nice. And then um, if it meant she got it, like I think she absolutely deserved the nomination for Best Actress in American Hustle. But if they had just maybe waited on her for two more years and just she had caught their attention and caught their eye, she absolutely needed to be nominated and to win for Arrival as Best Actress. I think that she was snubbed. Horribly, and I think she deserved a win for that. I really do. And I sometimes like to joke and live in a fantasy world where I'm like, so glad she won. I'm so glad she won, uh, even though she wasn't. There's this actress, Clea Duvall, who's been in a lot of stuff I really like. And every year since the 2016 Oscar nominations came out, which was 2017, she posted about how Amy was snubbed. And then every year after that, she posts on the day of the. Um, Oscar nominees being announced, she posts something really funny where it's like, starting to feel really personal that Amy Adams isn't nominated for Arrival this year. (laughs) (laughs) And so like this year, she did it again. She's like, I can't believe the Academy didn't nominate Amy Adams's performance in Arrival this year. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how I feel. If I were to like rank these in terms of deservedness, I would, yeah, I would put Vice at the bottom just because I I don't feel like she was given enough to do. I would have liked to see her doing more in that. But I still think she did a good job in Vice. It just felt kind of like that movie itself. I was like, it's going to get a bunch of nominations just because. I don't know how you feel about Vice. What do you think of that?
0: I think Vice is really impressed with itself. And it's everything bad about Adam McKay in one movie. Okay. Very strong opinions about Vice.
1: (laughs) That's fine. Yeah, because like, I loved, loved the big short. I loved that movie so much when it came out. And then Vice came out.
0: As do I. I, I also really enjoy the big short. So it's like, dude, what were you doing?
1: Exactly. And so then this one, I still really like Vice. But that's just because I'm a sucker. And he knew what he was doing to me by really plagiarizing himself and taking the exact same style from the big short. And then I don't know if you saw bombshell, but bombshell felt like it was really riding off of Adam McKay. I don't know if he produced it or what, but I was watching that and I just was getting mad Adam McKay vibes from it. It's I don't know if he's affiliated in any way. He certainly didn't direct it, but just that same kind of political, topical, tongue in cheek. Get it? Because that's what's happening now. Waka waka.
0: It's done like a docudrama. Yeah. It's not my favorite genre to seek out just because I don't think it's as aesthetically pleasing as movie other movies I'm interested in, like 1917
1: or... Okay, yeah, just that shooting style and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, it's just like, okay, you're... it's not the prettiest all the time, which is not the best reason to dislike a, a movie, but whatever, it's my opinion.
1: Exactly. And then, I mean, you can cut this stuff too because you're not even asking, but I'm still going to do it the next least uh, one that I would put her up for is maybe The Master but that's just because I really need to see it again but just in terms of sometimes you know they give out acting awards because it's like that was the most acting they did the acting and then I would say I think she does a really good job in Doubt june bug i would put above that the fighter i would put up next and then american hustle yeah
0: american hustle other than Arrival, any other nominations do you think she was completely snubbed for
1: i briefly mentioned nocturnal animals
0: yeah 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 definitely that
1: yeah i think she she did amazing in that and i also just think that movie was kind of slept on i don't know why only
0: it got nothing it got nothing jake deserved a nomination the music uh
1: oh yeah the, the costumes,
0: cinematography
1: the cinematography for sure uh the costumes i really liked because tom ford like didn't want to be a douchebag so he didn't design the costumes his, himself or he didn't take from his collection already instead he like outsourced that to be like i get it i know i'm the fashion guy i'll let someone else do it and then the costumes were still banging but jake for sure deserved it in that that time i i'm sad that they sleep on jake too because he's he's my male amy yeah <laughs> And he deserves a lot more. Her, I think is, I think she, you know, she's, she could have been nominated for that.
0: Justice League.
1: Leap Year. (laughs) (laughs) Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby.
0: (laughs) So you didn't have that one on your list either, I don't think. Talladega? Um, Yeah. No, it's on my list. It's at the bottom. Do you like her in that movie?
1: She's barely in it, so that's why it's at the bottom.
0: (laughs) Speaking of Adam McKay.
1: Oh, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just so funny these harsh transitions for it's funny because I feel like I want that from my actors and I don't know if range is what I'm looking for with directors actually
0: I don't think it works as often it
1: doesn't work as often um something like Fincher like if Fincher directed like a a hardcore slapstick comedy tomorrow like with Will Ferrell I would be very turned off
0: (laughs) yeah I don't just this this green no shaky cam it's all smooth (laughs) camera movement for a comedy yeah i don't
1: yeah so i don't see
0: it i like knowing what
1: i'm getting and knowing that there's a style there because like Amy still has a style to her acting, but she has a range Whereas something like Denise's film work, it's a style and I'm not looking for range. I like knowing that the same person directed Blade Runner as directed Arrival as directed Sicario and Prisoners.
0: Yeah. And you, I think you can look at all those and say, Oh, I can tell that he directed those.
1: Exactly. Like I want that feel. But when it's something that's giving me whiplash, like <laughs> Talladega Nights, and then uh, <laughs> the big short, I'm like, you did it. You did a good job. But then I don't know, maybe we're just getting oversaturated with like his Adam ness because he's also doing succession right now. And I like succession a lot. And that's a totally different vibe. And that I can really get down with. But he's also in talks to do the an American version of Parasite. And that's where I draw the line.
0: That's where I get nervous.
1: Oh, I'm very nervous.
0: <laughs> I can't. Okay, so picture Parasite with which is almost like a David Fincher movie. Yeah, done in the way of Big short. I don't know that they're gonna do it. That's just what comes to mind because Adam McKay's attached. So I get nervous.
1: I'm very nervous. Just just let parasite be parasite. I don't I don't want anything else.
0: In TV land, Amy did not win the Emmy for Sharp Objects. She lost to Michelle Williams for Fosse Verdone. I don't know if you've yeah. seen that. I did. I did. Thoughts on that? Would you have given it to Amy?
1: I would have given it to Amy, but um Michelle Williams was the only person I was okay with I I'm just so sick of awards shows like not caring about Amy that woman doesn't win anything and she deserves everything and I kind of felt that I, I I knew going into watching that Emmys like I kind of just set myself up for a loss because what really made me mad and I straight up raged and I now have a nemesis is Patricia Arquette <laughs> Mm-hmm. She is my nemesis because she won the Golden Globe over just with how like the TV shows line up and with award seasons and stuff. The Golden Globes was all the way back in like a whole January prior. The Emmys were in September, I think. So in January, Amy lost the Golden Globe for Sharp Objects to Patricia in Escape at Dannemora, which was terrible. And so...
0: Really weird.
1: Yeah. At that point, I was like, I just can't win. <laughs> Did you see Escape at Danamora?
0: No, I... I haven't seen any of these things.
1: Don't watch Escape at Dannemora, but um, do watch *Fossey Verdon. I thought Michelle Williams was so good in that. It's a very unique style show and... It, it was also just more um, recent. So I understood why Sharp Objects came out in July of 2018. The Emmys started in like August of 2018. So the overlap was there. So then we had to wait a whole nother year for her to be nominated. And so the fact that they remembered her performance and nominated her, I'm really happy with. I do think she deserved it. But if Michelle won, which like I, I thought at the time, if Michelle wins, I'll be okay. And she did. And that's fine. Michelle did a great job.
0: So my next question is, what the fuck are Lullaby and Love and Distrust? They're both from 2014, (laughs) and their covers on Letterboxd are in Russian. So what the hell? Why? Are they really? They are.
1: Lullaby's not. I'm looking at it.
0: Well, Distrust was, at least.
1: You know what? Sometimes they, they load again and they change. Lullaby was a horrible snooze fest about... This guy who I guess is famous, Garrett Hedlund, that's a guy, right?
0: Yeah, he was in, uh, he's the Tron 2 guy. Not that that's a ringing endorsement, but he's done some good stuff.
1: There's a sequel to Tron?
0: Tron, Le- you've seen it.
1: It's called Tron 2?
0: <laughs> Tron Legacy?
1: Oh, okay. I, I thought it was called, I thought there was a sequel to that. No. Okay, gotcha. Anyways.
0: <laughs> Not yet, looks at the camera hopingly.
1: <laughs> There's, um, oh, you want that? No okay Anyways, it's just about like this guy who like returns home because his dad is dying and then it was just kind of like quirky indie drama where he's in the hospital visiting his dad i think his dad's kind of like come and go at times and then there's like this little girl in the hospital who has cancer and she's you know oh my god i'm (laughs) gonna punch myself (laughs) and she oh you know (laughs) you know she's like um
0: (laughs) we are like this (laughs) we are
1: like this yeah she and him have this whole scene that just at that point in the movie i was like wow whatever man wrote this is just patting himself on the back being like this is my indie drama because the young girl who has cancer is meets him in the stairway and she's like can i bum a smoke and it's like she wants to smoke because i'm dying anyways and then it turns into her like asking him to kiss her and she's like i'm dying you should kiss me and it i was like this needs to slow down what is happening
0: that sounds like a parody of an indie movie
1: it, it was really bad and then i'm sitting there waiting the whole time amy comes in in the last scene when i think his dad is either his dad has just passed and he's wandering the streets of new york or His dad is going to be unplugged in the morning. I don't remember it at all, but he's walking around New York City, and he runs into his ex, who is Amy, and the two of them sit by a fountain and have a heart-to-heart, and for some reason, Amy's costume looks like she's wearing pajamas, and I just, it was bad.
0: (laughs) How was her performance in it?
1: Uh, Not memorable, probably because she was like, oh, hi, you're here. You know what I would equate her performance to? I would equate her performance to uh, the two listeners are like two of your listeners are gonna get this is her name sandrine the sandrine character from almost maine who runs into that guy in the bar
0: oh the one that andy played
1: yeah and it's like a character who runs into their ex and it's it was only one scene of like i've, I've run into you how are you oh things are bad you'll get through it and that was it really bad
0: did she owe someone money why is she in this <laughs>
1: Um, I also think this is one of those movies that had a delayed release where it was probably filmed prior. But then again, there's also like big stars attached to it. Like, like I like Richard Jenkins a lot. He's he's fun all the time. And then um, have you seen how off his rocker Terrence Howard has gotten?
0: Yes, he thinks that two plus two equals five.
1: (laughs) Actually, I'm pretty sure he thinks that two plus two equals like, is it five or is it two? (laughs)
0: <laughs> or it was one plus one. E- I do It was. He's insane. He's crazy.
1: It was one times one equals two. And he, me and Kayleen one night we we had. Um, I think we had. Like um, we Terrence a- Howard movie fest. Oh no, not a, not that. We watched two different talks. We watched his talk that he gave at Oxford, where Oxford you can tell clearly was like, what's happening? Kick him off the stage. Get him out of here.
0: Did he sneak in? Why was he speaking at Oxford?
1: He was speaking at not even like an official commencement-y type thing or an official meeting. It was instead like a student union. Like, students brought him in, and he agreed to speak to these students, and these young Oxford students are literally fighting him where... (laughs) My favorite aspect of it was one woman is like, one times one does not equal two. And all these kids have British accents and they sound smarter. And she's like, if you have one laptop, one time, you don't have two laptops. And he's like, yes, you do, though. One laptop, another time. And she goes, no, you just said another. I'm saying one laptop, one time. And he goes, no, because it's one times one. And you add those together and you get two. (laughs) So, you know, Kayleen and I got really drunk and we watched the whole thing and it was hysterical. (laughs) We had so much fun.
0: I guess uh, not being in the Marvel Universe really broke him.
1: I think... I think maybe he just had too much time on his hands after that. It was like all that time when Don Cheadle was filming all those movies, Terrence was like, what do I do with myself? I guess I invent new math.
0: There was a big article on him in Rolling Stone. We're way off topic, by the way, but who cares? I don't care. (laughs) There was a big article on him in Rolling Stone because that show Empire is really popular. And I read it and I was like, oh, he's legitimately crazy. Mm -hmm. Because in addition to the one times one equals two – He also, to solve his new math, he's making, he's folding these crystals all day. Yeah. Making tinfoil sculptures. He's, he's nuts. He's He's crazy. Not enough people know that Terrence Howard is insane. (laughs) That SDSU, they had that big chalkboard that the public chalkboard at the student union. I wrote one times one equals two.
1: You knew about Terrence Howard all the way back then?
0: Yeah, that's that's when the article was. <laughs>
1: Holy crap. <laughs> wow, I did not know it was that long ago. Wow, me and me and Kayleen are like we're bad fans of T, T Howard. We didn't find out till 2019.
0: <laughs> he's fucking nuts. He...
1: I think he's also said really crazy things too, like when he was a child he discovered the cure for cancer. He said some really naughty stuff.
0: <laughs> how did
1: <laughs> Not how how the did... wrong word, but I meant it. <laughs>
0: How how did we get off on a Terrence Howard tangent?
1: Anyways, he's in the critically acclaimed film, Lullaby.
0: (laughs) Oh. (laughs) With uh, his best friend, Amy Adams.
1: Yeah. Anyways, uh, so that's that. It's not good. It's just an indie movie that... It's not good. Love and Distrust is actually not a movie. That's why it's right next to you on my ranking. It's next to Pennies. Because Love and Distrust... I don't know how this exists, but, like, I think some some company maybe bought the rights to a whole bunch of short films that were made by, like, students and stuff, but had nabbed actors in their prime, like Robert Downey Jr. and James Franco and Amy Adams. Like, Amy Adams made this as soon as she moved to L.A., and it's, like, a really bad 20-minute short film, and then somehow it's now been bought and is part of this movie called love and Distrust. i really don't understand how it came to be
0: it's it's really weird how studios will just hold on to something someone is in and then release it whenever they want i don't like it
1: i don't like it either this thing isn't even from a studio like it was a straight up student film
0: Um, yeah they acquired it somehow
1: or not even student, but short film. It's it's only 20 minutes, so it's not as though it was a full-blown movie that was just waiting to be released. Like That's how I think um, Moonlight Serenade was. I think that was made very early in her career, and they waited till she had a couple Oscar noms under her belt to let it out. <laughs> I feel bad for <laughs> some actors like publicists, where it's like, no, no, please don't let that happen.
0: <laughs> oh, but you, you signed away your life. We're allowed to do that.
1: Yeah, so Pennies is really bad. Amy's like a, and this is what love and distrust is, Amy is like a woman who works in a diner, and this man shows up and it's like, We got your daughter. We're going to kill her unless you give us the money. And she's like, I just need more time, please. (laughs) And then, like, the whole day goes by with her daughter having been kidnapped, and yet she's still working at this restaurant to, like, make enough money to save her daughter. And a bunch of weird things happen. Like, at one time, Somebody leaves a wallet behind, and she, like, picks it up and debates whether or not, like, to keep the money in it to save her daughter. And instead, she feels bad and runs outside and returns the wallet.
0: That's pennies?
1: That's pennies. And then Amy Adams's husband is actually in it.
0: Was he even an actor?
1: They met in an acting class, and he's actually a very talented visual artist now he's he is an artist and uh does graphic design and like comic book type stuff and he's very good but i think they met in an acting class because everyone in la takes acting class especially when you're a guy and you're hot because he's hot and so he got cast alongside her in this maybe because they just needed an extra and she was like my boyfriend and he's wearing a really dorky cowboy hat and they like make eyes at each other and then to spoil the plot of pennies somehow i forget she gets the money and the movie ends with her showing up to this room where this guy has like a knife to her daughter's throat and the daughter is wearing a ballerina costume and the guy's like you got the money and amy gives him the money and he's he like lets the little girl go free and she's like thanks mister and then they open the door to the room that they were both in and it's the stage of like a ballet performance and the daughter runs out to do her performance and like Amy and the guy who was just like holding her daughter hostage like smile at each other and she leaves maybe I'm too stupid for it maybe it was ahead of its time
0: that sounds like some deep shit yeah we're getting close to the end this question I'm gonna ask and I also want to answer it before you give your answer the question is do you think Amy has gotten shafted career-wise and i think she definitely has i don't understand how she is super talented and people aren't just giving her movies all the time jennifer lawrence can be can make fucking joy but amy adams can't make something great with a bunch of talented people i don't understand
1: yeah what what like would you have wanted to see her in, or do you have like something where it was? I
0: I, I don't. I just, feel you just like want they're... more leading
1: lady roles for her.
0: Yeah, because she's she's amazing. Why isn't she given the opportunity more?
1: I don't know. I don't know her, of course. But a part of me is thinking maybe a lot of it is is wanting to have a family and only sign on to projects that really matter to her. And so she was contractually obligated for something like batman v superman and then after that just arrival and nocturnal animals came to her at the exact time where she was like i need to make these and then contractually justice league she had to do but then it was sharp objects that i know she really fell in love with producing and she even started her own production company and now just in a lot of interviews she said like she loves so much discovering and finding new talent And so I I wonder how much of it is her not wanting to accept every single project, but I, I do agree with you in that she has been so slept on and it makes no earthly sense to me how she has not yet won an Academy Award. People were going crazy and it was the biggest meme for the longest time about how Leo hasn't won an Oscar yet and Amy Adams acquired more nominations than him in a much shorter span of time and for doing much better work and still doesn't have an Oscar. Yeah. But, but I've, she's also said herself that awards don't define her. Somebody was like, do you think you're going to be defined by the Oscar you win? And she's like, well, I haven't won one yet. And I'm not defined by that. So um. yeah, I, I do want to see her doing more stuff. I was thrilled that she had the woman in the window was supposed to come out in October of last year. And that one I thought, okay, finally, a leading lady part around Oscar season, like that will be the thing she gets it for. And then they canceled it and that's not just not happening now (laughs) Mm -hmm. um because they moved it to may and so now what i'm hoping for is they move it again to like november and since only two movies have come out this year maybe she will win
0: (laughs) Uh, but isn't the talk that it's really bad
1: i think it's gonna be really bad which is strange because i'm assuming you like joe Wright, don't you
0: i do but his last three movies have not been great darkest hour and what the peter pan movie i think really broke him
1: holy crap he did pan yeah whoa
0: which was panned by critics
1: <laughs> what does that mean
0: <laughs> panned you've never heard that before
1: panned like panning for gold
0: no like it was you've never heard that before like something was universally panned
1: no thank you for teaching me something today
0: <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a good movie term
1: love it okay yeah that's that's about right. <laughs>
0: But yeah, he hasn't made anything as good as, like, his first four movies. P&P. Pride and Prejudice, Atonement. Hannah is fantastic. Not enough people talk about Hannah.
1: No, they don't. And I've been re- wanting to rewatch it. Um, I only saw it in theaters. And, like, it's, people love it. So I'm kind of, I'm wondering. At least, like, people on, like, all the blogs that I follow and stuff. They, they go gaga over Hannah.
0: So maybe I'll check that out. It's good. I recommend it.
1: Yeah, Uh, just with Woman in the Window, I just think as a plot, it cannot be good because it is plagiarism. It is through and through Rear Window mixed with The Girl on the Train. So it could have just been called like The Girl in the Rear Window, but instead they changed it. And I'm disappointed that that's what she signed on to work on next. However, there was a lot of praise for that author from Gillian Flynn. And I just think with the small circles of sharp objects, like it made sense for her to go to that one. And I like the cast and maybe Joe Wright could do something with it, but it unfortunately tested so poorly with audiences. But I agree. She deserves to just be in something like, like what's come out recently that everyone just went, I would love to see her in like an Ari Aster movie. I don't know if she would do that, but I would like that.
0: I don't think she would. I don't think she would either. I did make a list of writer and directors I'd like her to work with.
1: Is Fincher at the top? Because I would put that there.
0: Oh, of course, he definitely is. I would love for her to work with Paul Thomas Anderson again. Mm-hmm. Alex Garland, who writes, oh, love it. Good roles for women, and I would like her to work with Spike Jones again.
1: I like all of that, and I'm just trying to like think of, of movies recently that have come out in the, just the past couple years with like really strong female performances and. Like I think she could have done, um, I love Frances McDormand in this, but I think she could have done a really good job with like um, a three billboards outside of Missouri type role. I don't know what else has come out recently that she could have done, but just the stars didn't align. I think she could be up for so many roles. Like she could be up for a lot of the roles that other people are. Like Natalie Portman is never taking supporting roles and stuff like that. She could have played a lot of things that Natalie has played, even though she's older. I think she still has such a youthful look about her and I think she has such range that I I can see her being put in in almost anything that's come out, you know. Cut me saying, you know, before I punch myself in the face.
0: <laughs> I'm going to leave them all in. I'm going to name the episode you know.
1: Uh, name it something like that sounds Minnesota like, "Oh Courtney, don't you know?"
0: <laughs> I actually I think my title is great. I'm going to call it Amazing Amy.
1: I love it. Please do. Please do. Cut out all the times you said Courtney and change my name to Amy.
0: other than woman in the window is there anything that she's doing that you're excited about coming up
1: ron howard's movie called hillbilly elegy
0: with glenn close right
1: oh is it glenn close i think so it is okay yeah okay that confused me for a second i read that book and so that confused me for a second because glenn close is supposed to be playing it says mama which is the grandma and i was like concerned at the first second that that meant mother because yeah it's about uh he's an author now but he was somebody living in the um i always say the name wrong appalachian mountains but then some people call it appalachia
0: i like yours better
1: okay so it's living in the appalachian mountains and um he had to be raised by his grandparents mostly because his mom who amy will be playing um was a drug addict and also just they were very destitute and it's one of those kinds of sagas, and so it's going to be a very gritty Amy role. Again, though, with you saying just how she gets kind of slept on and everything, this isn't even made to be a full movie like out in theaters. It's going to be um, a Netflix film. And again, it's her getting a supporting character of now she's old enough to play like a mom. And so I, I do want to see her where she is the leading lady. And it is an amazing director, an amazing script. It is something like a rival. Just give the woman the recognition she deserves. My goodness.
0: Give her some good parts. I mean, people were drooling over Jennifer Lawrence and Amy Adams is so much better than Jennifer Lawrence. So much. I think I think we've reach the end
1: oh that was question 23
0: so there is a question 23 but it's the the question that i end every episode with do you have gotcha. any more comments about amy adams before we end it
1: amazing amy am i right
0: she's the best she's the best
1: around, <laughs> around.
0: she's never gonna win an oscar she's Shut the best.
1: Up. <laughs> i just want her to she will yeah I just I get the feeling that I'm gonna then be disappointed like this year I was concerned sorry last year I was concerned I was like don't give it to her for vice that's not her best work and it's supporting as much as I want her to win an Oscar I was I was still happy she didn't win for that role (laughs) Mm -hmm. just because you want it to be for their their best work and you want to be excited about that
0: like Joaquin Phoenix winning for Joker
1: he never won for anything else did he
0: no I hate it (laughs)
1: What would you have given it to him for the master, the master? Oh, yeah, I think he deserved it for the master or her or her. Oh, for sure.
0: So what are you watching and reading during these COVID times? Courtney?
1: Wonderful. Um, I am excited to talk about that cause I'm, I'm watching two very British things and I feel like you'll like that.
0: I like the Brits.
1: You like the Brits. I just, and I'm excited to talk to you about this thing cause it, It's relevant to your interests, as they say. The first one I'll just keep very short. The third season of Killing Eve started around my birthday, came out the day before my birthday, which was awesome, and I love that show. Mm -hmm. There's only two seasons so far. Both are streamable on Hulu, and it is so funny, so thrilling, great characters, and... It's just a hoot. I, I love it. It's such a good show. Um, so I've been watching Killing Eve. And then the other one that I've been watching one episode a night and the first season only had six episodes and the next season I believe only has five is the British series Utopia.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, I, Yeah.
1: Yeah which Gillian is turning into. It's been turned in. I am waiting for it to come out. Hopefully it still has a release date this year. Gillian Flynn adapted it for American television on Amazon.
0: So my friend, Ke- Ke- it was Kevin, actually, he sent me the clip of the, the guy in the yellow suit and the, uh-huh. the box cutter. And I was like, oh my God, I need to watch whatever this is.
1: The The first, <laughs> yeah, the first scene, I was hooked. I was so scared. It was so thrilling. It's just a very unique premise show, and it's so high energy and so um, clandestine and Race Against Time. It's, it's a great show. Really good music. I like the music a lot.
0: Maybe someday. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't mean... I don't want to keep giving you a hard time. It's just... Oh, no.
1: I, 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 I didn't expect you to watch it, because I also don't think you're a fan of pirating, are you? I'm not. Yeah. So... Because of the rights being now in the US and all that stuff, you cannot buy it anywhere in the US. It's not on any streaming site, and it's not even available on Amazon like to, to buy a DVD of it. So I went all the way to eBay to buy a copy from somebody in England, and they wanted to charge me 50 bucks, plus take two months to ship it here, plus who knows what that means with COVID-19. So I'm sorry I did something illegal
0: oh it's okay that (laughs) that that is a circumstance where i can say okay you you did your best
1: right um something funny is a a couple months ago too brie larson posted a picture of utopia like the cover is this big yellow cover and she was like does anyone know where i can watch this in the u.s and (laughs) her like comments were flooded with people saying like stream it illegally bitch
0: (laughs) it's like that must be so weird, where you can have the money to be able to spend on fifty dollar eBay, but it's yeah, like, my time is worth more than that. Ah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I did have fifty bucks. I'm not spending money on things these days, but I didn't want to do
0: that. No, nor should you have. Yeah. What are you reading?
1: Oh, um, I am reading, um, in preparation for the podcast too. I don't know if I'm gonna do it, but I have been reading Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier, and. It's the He's one made film. Into a
0: Alfred Hitchcock.
1: Yeah, it's the one thing he won the Oscar for. Are you a fan of that one, or have you not seen it?
0: We watched it, and it. I took a Hitchcock class. Right. And it was. It's not my favorite. It was okay. made pretty early in his career, so he wasn't at the height of his powers. It's good. Yeah, that's about all I can say. Lawrence Olivier's in it, I think.
1: Yeah. What is your favorite Hitchcock?
0: Ooh, probably be a tie between. And I know you don't like either of these movies, but rear window or vertigo okay he also did one called rope
1: i love rope you suggested that to me
0: yeah yeah that one that one is pretty relatively unknown Mm-hmm. and i like that one a lot
1: i i liked how simple it was it's all in one room. It could have been a play. And I like how short it was. I just felt like I was I was gobbling up 90 minutes of Hitchcock and it was
0: great. David Fincher famously said Hitchcock made 9 million movies and people only care about 6. <laughs> I care about 10 of them, probably.
1: That's so funny. I'm trying to think of what, what 6 of them you care about or 10 of them.
0: You would have to be looking at his filmography to guess them, I think. That's what I. I don't remember.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I've only seen 4. I've seen psycho rear window vertigo rope oh and i saw notorious he did that right
0: he did okay five boom baby he did the biggie smalls biopic notorious
1: he was way ahead of his time
0: yeah i want to talk about two things i watched one of them is relevant to you because i watched the film adaptation of my friend Dahmer, which is a graphic novel that you lent me
1: oh i was gonna say is it relevant because i practice
0: cannibalism (laughs) No, you you gave me the book.
1: I totally did give you that. I forgot. Oh, and that makes sense. You were your letterbox review was about like the source material and stuff, and I was like, oh, Daniel's read that. I'm stupid.
0: <laughs> yeah, you gave it to me. Yeah, totally. And the movie is really bad. I've
1: I've seen it now.
0: It's so bad, and I dislike it. Okay. Just they moviefied his story. That's so offensive, and the acting is bad, and the technical elements are bad I, I
1: watched it a long time ago and it was just on a whim me and Kimmy and Kayleen saw it was free on Amazon and we went oh should we should we and then we did so I, I have like not fond memories of it but just watching it with my friends and you know you're watching what somebody is going to become I would say I liked it more than the Ted Bundy one
0: oh was that the one with Zac Efron
1: yeah I did not like that tell me why else you didn't like my friend Dahmer or what would you have doctored it to become, how would you have made it more true to the comic or something?
0: Well, I think they should have left it true to the comic because And had it be
1: from an outsider's perspective?
0: Yeah, because they put in things that don't happen, like they put in a relationship with a doctor character, which they made the jogger that Dahmer obsessed about. And it just it would have been so much better had they left it alone because it's so the story is so inherently creepy already. You mm-hmm. don't need to do anything to it. And I think you could have created a tone that reflected that. The cinematography is fucking fugly. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, it looks like it takes place in 2015. Oh, it's kind of and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it was shot on digital. Okay. It's so crisp and clean. You don't believe it. Okay. And then the the guy who played Dahmer was not very good.
1: He's from Disney Channel.
0: <laughs> yep, went from Disney <laughs> Channel to playing Dahmer.
1: That's one way to break the mold.
0: And then on the On the side of stuff that I liked that I watched, I watched this movie that's on YouTube called Bodied, which is about, it's a really exaggerated story about this guy who wants, he's, he's, is your cat dying? What's going on? I'm sorry. No, she's just talking to me. Kiki, shush. It's a movie called Bodied, and it's about this white guy who's interested in battle rapping. And, huh? He starts participating in rap battles so it's like a more exaggerated version of 8 Mile. Okay. And there's a ton of rap battles in it. And I'm a big fan of hip hop. So I really like the rhyming. And there's some really mean shit in it. But it, I think it's really funny. And it's there's probably some good commentary in it.
1: Why is, Why was YouTube the place for it?
0: I think it was made for YouTube. Wow. Yeah, which is a terrible idea.
1: Did you have to pay for it? Or was it?
0: My brother has a YouTube premium account okay so like let's watch this before it's too late
1: that's cool that's so underground i mean i know YouTube's a major platform and stuff but i don't know people who watch youtube movies and i i don't think i've seen one myself so that's really interesting
0: it's a pretty good one and it has a lot of creativity if anyone has the chance to watch bodied watch bodied
1: it's like the word bodies but with a d at the end
0: yeah because if you lose a rap battle you've been bodied
1: wow i'm learning so much today <laughs> Was anyone else in that?
0: There's some famous rap battle people in it, and okay. Anthony Michael Hall is in it, the guy from okay. Breakfast Club. But there's no one huge in it.
1: Okay, I have two things. Sorry to like be tangenti, tangential, whatever you want to call it. But um, I just recently watched Foxcatcher, and obviously can only think of you and how we would talk about that.
0: Mark, Mark, <laughs> shut Mark, up. Mark, um, Mark but... and Mindy. <laughs>
1: I didn't know that Anthony Michael Hall was in that, and I didn't recognize him.
0: Yeah, he's like DuPont's main henchman, isn't he?
1: He is, and my uncle was like, God, can't believe that's the Breakfast Club kid. And I was like, okay, what What are you looking at? No, it's not. And then about an hour later, he's like, God, he looks so different. And I was like, I don't think that's him. And he's like, yes, it is. And it was.
0: Yeah, I think he's eight, he's he's a, he's a pretty handsome older man. I, yeah he just doesn't look like himself no
1: the other thing was the have you seen the the movie patty cakes where it's like the female she wants to be a rapper
0: no i didn't
1: it was fun that sounds like bodied and it was creative
0: it looked interesting it looked very indie
1: it was very indie yeah
0: i don't think it was a24 but it looked like something they would do
1: oh was it though <laughs> yeah it could have been or like neon i'm neon is creeping up on me i like them
0: hashtag parasite.
1: Yeah, and Portrait of a Lady on
0: Fire. My friend, so Jamie, who was on the podcast, gave me her Hulu account to watch it. And I, oh! still, haven't, I still haven't done it. So that's on my list.
1: That's really nice of her. Yeah, because I heard her in the, the Vavich episode talking about that. And I I loved that movie. That's of the four movies that came out this year. That one's like right at the top.
0: <laughs> I really want to see it. It looks, it's it touches my indie period piece heartstrings lovely so courtney thank you so much for being on and having this really in-depth discussion about amy adams and your love for her i couldn't think about any other topic we could have discussed other Maybe. than david fincher but amy yeah adams comes first
1: thank you so much for having me this yeah who doesn't want to talk about their fave with their fave for this long this was so fun daniel
0: and everyone you should check out courtney's great podcast we explain movies it's on all the platforms any closing statements you want to give courtney
1: thank you for making me an honorary super serious movie man
0: you are more of a super serious movie man than i am (laughs) wouldn't have it any other way
1: stay safe everybody